0: Doc Rivers continues to, time and time again, not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play!
1: You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm just... Where What site do you use where you can actually bet one buck?
0: Like... They let you do 50-cent bets. Oh my goodness, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, he dropped Superman down, like, the drain comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I
2: don't know,
0: honey. I don't know where he got that from.
1: From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part
3: of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina.
0: Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big NFL Draft show. Coming to you from the Dave in the City studios. Oh, a pleasure to have you here for... I guess I have that right. (laughs) Welcome to the Ditkow Football Show from the Dave in the City Studios at the home of Champions, Southern California. Um, I'm such a clown, I forgot to check what the Dodgers score was, but Julio Urias was on the mound. I think he should be doing well. I think they played during the day. Sorry, sorry. But but the football is is definitely on the table tonight, and um, it's a very interesting draft because I just think like it might be a little bit of a thinner draft than, than we're used to, but it's going to be taking place at a really good venue, Las Vegas, Nevada, right on the Strip. There's a lot to talk about there, so let's bring in our, our 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 draft expert tonight, and he, of course, is Ron in New Jersey. Welcome back to the show, Ron. How's it going tonight?
3: Hey, Dave. How are you, buddy?
0: I've been well. I've been well. I'm just dealing with the battles around me, I guess. Uh, but uh... <laughs> but other than that, I'm you. doing fine. I'm doing fine. Yeah, it's nice to nice to see you again. Like um...
3: yeah, absolutely. How's everything with My favorite band? show of the year.
0: Oh, I know. This is a great. Well, it's one two of two my favorite shows of the year. Like the other one would be when we do the college preview in August. Yes. The great yeah. show. The great show. But
3: I can't wait. Uh, I, I don't know how many years we've uh, we've been together doing it, but uh you know, definitely something to look forward to. I can't wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Always yeah. a good time.
0: I will do. I will make every. I did. I. I was really, actually, really happy with how well, uh, how more less less clownish I was with the prep last year than the normal. So I will try to do that again.
3: <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Dave. Hey, thanks. Come on,
0: thanks. Well, let's talk about the draft. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very good one. Now, um, Andy's going to be joining us, um, just lurking right. for the most part. But uh, he's going to be in the chat. For, I mean, I can say in the chat. I'm in twitch in twitch terms, but uh, he's going to be <laughs> lurking in the call with us. <laughs> tonight so uh so we can check out what your analysis and everything but uh, let's nice. first start let's first talk about um the venue which is the first, which was supposed to happen two years ago it was there the the uh the shutdowns ruined that opportunity for las vegas so they moved it over to 2022 which is today and uh <laughs> see it's already checked in <laughs> couldn't even tell you what game he was reacting to but um but anyway (laughs) it's it's a very interesting venue I mean obviously a year ago that would have seemed like a really crazy idea to have it on the strip with all the people there but now I think with things learned to I don't know if I'd say wind down but certainly it's safer than it was a year before things are good so let's talk about the venue I mean do you like the idea of doing it on the strip do you think it's just too much chaos for for its own good what's your feeling about the venue
3: no I, I think uh I think it's a, a great venue for it I think the visual of it is uh, is really neat um, you know I, I was watching a, a show before actually on the uh, the NFL network and they were set up I guess right in front of the fountain uh, and they said the uh, the draft is gonna be across the street so I mean visually it, it, it looks amazing um, and you know I, I guess you know this is what like the uh, fifth or sixth year I think where you know it's been outside of uh, you know, Radio City. Um, so now, and uh, you know, that's uh it, it's 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 really it's cool. You know, to see them in, in a venue like Las Vegas, and
0: uh, it, it certainly
3: adds to the um, to the television presentation of it. Be going, you know?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I when they talked about it being like when they announced that it was going to be there, I really liked the idea because I just thought visually it was going to be really fascinating like i think the the las vegas strip is always such a such a stunning visual like it's so colorful yeah. i've been there a bunch of times in person and i can tell you that you know the vibrancy i i feel like the tv does a great job conveying mm-hmm. it but it still doesn't really give you the entire feel for how vibrant and, and active and energetic it really is it's like it's like what times square was supposed to be you know it's kind of yeah like, mm-hmm. that's kind of like how i see it and, uh, you know, and, and that's a good
3: point. You know, I would not be shocked if we see them uh, try to pull that off at some point in the future where, you know, they bring it back to New York. But instead of being in Radio City, they try to set it up somewhere in oh, uh, yeah. in, in Times Square or something like that, you know. Oh, yeah.
0: That's it. That's that is actually. And, you know, it's interesting. The NFL being as popular as it is these days, they could fill up all Times Square like they do for New Year's Eve. I, I think it totally. Oh, that yeah. Working. In a heartbeat. Totally yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think oh no, it's a it's a very it's a very good choice. It's a creative choice, and there's a team there now, so it, it all should work out pretty well. And uh, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. I think it'll be really fun. So talking about what we were looking at in the draft, and once again, the Jaguars are right at the top. I mean, who's who's surprised by that? Like nobody. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's been a lot of talk about how quarterback is probably at its weakest for as far as the for, as far as this draft class. In many many years, but there could still be some positions of strength throughout the draft in in, in general. Um, what position of strength do you see? And if do you have a comment on the quarterback classes here?
3: Oh yeah, I think the quarterbacks this year stink. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, we always know that quarterbacks get uh, overdrafted and overvalued just because of the um, the importance of the position. But I mean, uh, this year is. Um, it's as weak of a class of quarterbacks as we've had in a long time. Um, And, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it later, but I I don't think we're going to see any quarterback getting getting taken in the top uh, probably 15 picks, which is something very rare in today's NFL, Um, you know, because like I said, they do get overvalued and overdrafted. And, you know, every year it seems like we get shocked by a quarterback going as high as they they do, but uh, I think this year is going to be the uh, exception to the rule, and and teams are uh, are uh, kind of holding off um, uh, on taking a quarterback until next year. So, uh, but yeah, the, the class is definitely weak. Um, but uh, I I think the strongest classes or uh, strongest positions this year definitely wide receiver. Um, you know, there, there's probably uh, six or seven guys who could go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, uh there's there's a couple offensive tackles who are going to be really good uh right away edge rushers uh really good right away Mm -hmm. uh linebackers actually a um really deep position in the draft and you know might even sneak a couple into the first round but uh, uh i think we're starting to see the importance of that position um starting to rise again in the nfl so uh, you know, and, and we haven't seen a lot of great linebacker classes uh, recently. So I, I think that's going to be a, a, a position of strength. And, um, you know, overall, I think this draft class, and, and I was saying this the other day, uh, I, I think this is going to be a year where when we look back on it, two or three years, the, uh, the stars of this draft uh, are probably going to be the guys taken, you know, in the middle to the, to the later part of round one. Um, because it's a really deep draft. It's just not, um, top heavy with those guys who you can say, oh yeah, he's going to go number one and be an instant all pro guy. Uh, I I don't know if, you know, there's that level of guy there this year, but, uh, uh, we're definitely going to be, it it, it actually reminds me of, uh, the 2013 draft. If you remember that one where Eric Fisher and, uh, uh, Luke Jokel went (laughs) one and two, um, and you know, historically, it's remembered as a really poor year. But you had guys like uh, DeAndre Hopkins who went in the twenties. Uh, so th- I, I think this draft has, um, you know, the uh, it, it definitely could play out that that same way. And you might see, you know, the guys getting picked in the later half of round one who end up being the uh, the big stars.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, no arguments for any for me about any of that. I think that's that's a very solid call. I was thinking about how we had so many folks who had stayed an extra year because of the the the, the pandemic situation. Like there yeah. were a lot of extra seniors on, ver- or a lot of extra player players who were basically should have been in the NFL, but they weren't because of how, how unstable the si- the season was in 2020. Yeah. So I was like, how would that impact the draft? And I guess we're seeing it. But it does it is strike it is fascinating that quarterback doesn't end up being a big position in you know but you're right about wide receiver like that's i' was just looking like two or three of them like oh yeah that guy was pretty good like that I was, I was pretty good so um let's go. Cool. Yeah. um anything else you're, you're thinking of as far as storylines before we get into position by position rankings
3: um i guess the big storyline actually going into the draft this year might be the uh uh, you know, whether or not Debo Samuel is going to get traded because I think that could, you know, blow up, uh, you know, the, the first round um, if it happens by tomorrow, by tomorrow night, because uh, um, from what you're hearing is if he does get traded, uh, yeah, it's going to be for a high first-round pick. Um, you know, certainly the the Jets are probably uh, looking at that. Uh, I, I've heard the Lions might be involved. Um So if that actually does go down and, and I would probably, you know, I I would say that it's probably, uh, you know, 70, 30, that it doesn't happen. Um, But if it does, uh, I mean, you're going to see the whole first half of the draft change because uh, the 49ers are definitely going to be looking to replace him. um, And that's probably going to screw up a lot of team boards. And, and, you know, we might see some, uh, some trades and, you know, they jump over each other to get their guys, and uh it could cause chaos. But, but like I said, from what you hear right now, it's probably not going to happen. But if it does, it'll be certainly interesting.
0: You are, are you saying that there's a chance that they may not do the trade? That's interesting. Or are you just saying not not in time for the draft?
3: Yeah, I mean, they could always trade them after the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, it, it really wouldn't make sense. I, right. I think I if you're going to trade him, you know, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to trade him, you know, do it now um, and do it, you know, for uh, a pick this year. Although, you know, like we, we mentioned just a minute ago, um, you know, the strength of this draft might not be appealing to the 49ers and maybe they're thinking, you know, we would rather have a a 2023 first round pick Mm
2: -hmm.
3: uh, or or more um, draft capital next year. So maybe they're thinking, you know, we'll hold off, uh, um, you know, until after the draft, uh, see what team gets desperate and try to use that as, as as leverage to get as much as we can going into next year. But, uh, you know, if I was them and you know that, you know, it doesn't seem like it, it's an issue with money. It seems like he just doesn't want to play there anymore. Uh, you know, he's for whatever reason, he's, he's done with San Francisco. Um, so, you know, I, I think it would be beneficial for them to uh, treat him uh, by tomorrow night and get as much as I can for him um, you know we we've, we've seen with Tyreek Hill uh, you know it's it's probably not going to be as much as you think because whatever team takes him is going to have to give him 25 million a year at least um, but you could still probably uh, coax a uh, a first round pick out of a team and and if I was San Francisco knowing that he's just dead set I'm not playing again uh, with the organization I would do that and and try to just move on.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it just feels that, like you said, like everything I'm reading seems to point in that same direction. We, John and I talked about that a few weeks back. Like we were talking about how it really does seem like he's on his way out. So if you're going to do that, I think the Niners would be very smart to do yeah. it on draft night. Earth, it, it, isn't it amazing,
3: Dave, that all of this is happening with these wide receivers with Tyreek Hill, um, Debo Samuel, uh, you hear AJ Brown is, yeah trying to get his money. All of this is happening because the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> gave Christian Kirk 18 million dollars a year and kind of blew up the uh, the wide receiver market. Yeah, I, mean, I, didn't if, really, if, if,
0: I Yeah, that I wasn't I, I didn't really think about Christian Kirk setting that all off. I mean, I certainly was aware of all the transactions, but you're, you're absolutely right. That's definitely what started Yeah. It.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's what started it. You know, yeah. it reset the wide receiver market and these guys, um, you know, like Tyreek Hill and and these guys coming up on the uh the fourth year of their their rookie deals are you know saw that contract and you know said to themselves why am i playing for you know 4 or 5 million dollars a year when Christian Kirk is getting 18 million dollars a year it's uh it's ridiculous we want to speed up the the time frame uh instead of sitting and waiting uh 2 or 3 years on a franchise tag we want our money now and that's kind of led us to where we are today with yeah. all the wide receivers getting moved and uh, leave it to the Jaguars to, <laughs> to you, you, if it was for somebody like, uh, you know, if Tyreek Hill had gotten the money first, if, uh, if, if AJ Brown had gotten the money first, you can understand it, but, but it's to you know, Christian Kirk, um, you know, yeah. but that's why the Jaguars are picking at the top of the draft again.
0: Back to back years. And, and you're, you're absolutely right about Kirk. I Every you, I know we both do fan duels so like every time we pick Christian Kirk, you're like, ah, oh, he's not that good. Like, I've never, he's never, no, he's, he's done very little for me. Like, I don't think he's that good. Like, that's a strange, he's,
3: he's a he's at best like a number two wide receiver and he got paid superstar money. I know. Um, which is just it's it's unheard of, it's, but you it, know, it's, it's not it's, gonna it's the be worth so, it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. It's not gonna be worth it. There's no doubt. Um, okay, so that's a great setup for what could be a draft and you know, just like. I think more than usual, we are going to anticipate a lot of trades just throughout the draft. I think it's going to happen. We didn't have that many last year, interestingly, or was it the year before? But not as many as I thought. But yeah, I think we're going to see more, don't you?
3: I think, um, yeah, towards the, the middle of the first round, I think you're going to see a lot of teams trying to jockey for position. And uh, because there's you know, it might not be as deep of a – uh, you know of a, of a draft class if you have a guy you like i, I think those teams are going to try to make a move and you have so many teams who have multiple picks um you know even the, the Saints, chiefs packers eagles uh if they find or, or if they think uh, you know one of the guys that they truly want are going to be gone uh you know they, they set themselves up nicely to be able to move up in the draft to take them so I do think near the middle of the first round, we're going to see, uh, you know, a bunch of of moves, um, you know, to, to for teams to jump other teams and get who they want.
0: I love it, Ron. Um, and for those tuning in late, Ron in New Jersey is our guest tonight, and he is our draft expert every year. He always delivers. We always get some good nuggets out of him. If you remember, famously, he predicted, although it was a joke, he predicted Charles trading up to, to to get the pick to draft, <laughs> <laughs> um, to draft <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. So, I mean, yeah.
3: that's and that's coming, you know, that's coming home the roost for them now, huh? Because really uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> they, they're starting to see what we saw, uh, you know, three four years ago that uh, Daniel Jones <laughs> isn't a good quarterback and uh, yep. definitely not somebody to build your team around.
0: Yep, now they're regretting that decision, aren't they? And you barely see Saquon yeah. Barkley play. Just dumb, yeah. dumb. Two a years lot in. of
3: a lot of bad, um, you know, draft choices by the Giants. But that's why they're picking in top uh, <laughs> top ten this year, you know. Well, and, and I can't I can't really you know speak too highly because I'm a Jets fan and they're picking in the top five for ah. what seems like the 20th year in a row. So you know, <laughs> bad teams are bad teams for bad a team bad teams and, I will say. Dude, yeah, and,
0: I think that Wilson's Good. all right though. You know.
3: I, I think he's better than he was last year. Yeah. Um and and I think they have a chance to improve their their team and kind of make that next uh, step but the AFC is so stacked. I mean, right. uh, you're kind of, you know, punching against the wind, uh, you know, trying to uh improve uh with the way that the the top of the AFC has improved this year.
0: No, it's true. It's true. I mean, it used to be that the, you're all chased. Everybody was chasing the Patriots. And now they're chasing the bills. Right. look Amazing. So, right? yeah. Yeah.
3: Who was that? Oof. I don't know. <laughs> I have no
0: idea. That was funny. All right. Anyway, um, let's go look at the uh, position by position rankings. And we're going to spend a very small amount of time on quarterback because there's just not much to say, but, but it, it, there are a couple of memorable names, uh, Matt Corral, Mark Corral, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are the probably, and Sam Howell are the most notable names. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just don't think any of these guys are gonna scare you on an NFL level. Howell's got issues. Like he, his accuracy isn't yeah. great. Uh, Corral, you know,
3: the thing with them, Dave, um, is that you know every, and we say this every year. Mm-hmm. You know, all the quarterbacks uh, usually have, uh, you know, they're they're good traits and they're bad traits. Um, but the, the red flags for this for the guys this year, uh, I, I think outweigh the, um, you know, maybe the positive projections that they get. Uh, and, and then you could go down the list. I mean, Coral's coming off of an injury. Uh, he was almost kicked out of school, um, you know, his freshman year. Uh, so he has some character concerns. Uh, Pickett really. Uh, You know, he had one good year in his fifth year of eligibility before that, uh, you know, a very middling quarterback. He has small hands. He throws with a glove. Um, Malik Willis, extremely athletic and uh, and definitely probably has the highest upside. But, uh, you know, the one thing that I always come back to with him is every time Liberty played a any type of decent team, he had a really poor game. So. Uh, and he played in, in in a wacky offense, so I think the transition for him is going to be the most difficult. And uh, like you said, Sam Howell was a guy who uh, was pegged as a you know maybe a top five pick going into this year, and he just regressed uh, tremendously. So none of these guys to me scream first rounder.
0: Absolutely, Ron. And so anybody who takes one of these quarterbacks is going to incur some kind of a risk. You're like, well, we're going to try it. i don't think there's any real slam dunk um quality to any of them not i mean it's a far cry from the trevor lawrence Granted, trevor lawrence oh was that coming from i don't know what the heck that was (laughs) hold on what is all the whooping sounds (laughs) (laughs) all right anyway i I don't know where that's coming from um Oh, goodness. Okay. Anyway, back to business as we, as we speak. So uh, let's continue on to the next round, of, <laughs> yeah, next uh, position. Um, let's talk about wide receiver. That's, as we said, that's, that's, that's said to be the deepest position in the draft. And um, I think it's a good spot. So if you look at it, um, at the top you're looking at, oh, Drake London is one of my, he was good. Yeah, he was good. He was out of USC. Jameson Williams out of Bama garrett wilson at ohio state chris olave i think is the most notable name i think at ohio state you have pickens you have Dotson and burks so it's um uh, a lot of a lot of interesting names on here who stands out to you uh
3: well i i think at the top you know the two ohio state guys mm-hmm. uh, garrett wilson and, and, and olave um i mean they both produced every single year they were yeah uh at Ohio State and they had big years this year. Uh I think they're both really talented. Uh Olave might be a better route runner, um, but Wilson is probably more uh, athletic, uh, or, you know, faster, um more explosive. Uh I think they'll both be really good. Jamison Williams out of Alabama, who I mean was just a monster uh, you know, at Alabama until he, you know, tore towards ACL. Um at the end of the year. And, uh, I I think that's the only knock on him. Uh, from what I've read, he's, he's ahead of schedule on his rehab and should be ready, uh, probably by the uh, fourth or fifth week of the, uh, of the season this year. I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, he probably would have been a top five pick. Um, you know, to me, he's the most dynamic receiver. You just got to hope that that knee holds up. Um, uh, Drake London at a year boy at a USC, Dave, Mm -hmm. um, you know, big, strong—you know—guy catches everything. I mean, so many games where he, you know, he he would dominate and just catch everything that was thrown his way uh, with multiple quarterbacks. I mean, they kept changing quarterbacks every year on him, and he stayed consistent. Um, that he, he did have an ankle injury his senior year. Uh, he hasn't run the forty yet for any of the uh, the scouts, so maybe that's a little bit of a concern with him, but. Uh, I think he's he's definitely going to be a, a top 15 pick. Uh, Traylon Burks at Arkansas. Um, when we talk about Debo Samuel, he's he's kind of like a you know he's he's in the mold of Debo Samuel. He's someone who they used out of the backfield. Um, you know he yeah, definitely a big play threat in in, in the receiving game. Uh, so I, I think those are the guys who are are going to be at the top of the draft. And you still have guys like. Uh, you know, Dotson out of Penn State, uh, who could sneak into the first round. Reminds me a lot of Elijah Moore, who the Jets took last year uh, and and who had a, a really nice rookie rookie year in the NFL. Um, you got him. Uh, Alabama's got another guy, John Mechie, who was, who was big his entire career. He tours ACL as well. Um, so, you know, you got some concerns there. But there's certainly uh, – there, there's probably about 10 – wide receivers that are going to be off the board, um, by the end of the second round. And, you know, that just, and it goes back, uh, you know, not to to keep mentioning this, but it goes back to what's going on with, um, what Christian Kirk started and what's, what's happening with Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel and all those guys now is that these teams, you know, instead of dealing with the, the receivers and holding out, uh, you know, and having to find them and kind of, you know, mess with the chemistry of the team. Um, and then to end up giving these guys $25 million, these teams are now sitting in the position where they say to themselves, I can get the same level of production from these rookies, which we've seen over the past few years with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, all the receivers that have come out. Uh, we could get that production at four or $5 million a year uh, for five years and not have to pay a receiver $25 million. And I think that's where uh, the NFL is going now, and I think that's why there's such a high demand for receivers in the first round this year.
0: Yeah, very true. I mean, we've seen some rookie rec- receivers do really well in the last couple years, and so everything I'm seeing from this class seems to suggest that the same will happen. So now, yeah, yeah I mean – um let us look ahead then to you mentioned the linebackers making a comeback. Let's look at that let that group. So a lot of a lot of good standouts here. Um I'm not sure where how you would evaluate the overall depth, but uh some big names from the Power 5 at least that that will be in the mix. So your thoughts on the linebackers.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh I I think one of the surprises of the of the draft is that uh You know, a Georgia linebacker is probably going to be the first linebacker taken. Uh, It's not going to be N'Kobe Dean, who, um, you know, probably was the favorite to get taken first out of the the linebacker class uh, for a while. I I think it's going to be his teammate, Quay Walker, um, who is a a bigger and faster uh, linebacker who might be better suited for today's NFL. Uh, I could see him sneaking into the first round. Um, But, but certainly N'Kobe Dean is somebody who, and we've watched, you know, a ton of SEC games. Uh, He always popped for, for Georgia. I mean, he's been their defensive leader for the past couple of years. So, um, you know, I would, I would jump at the chance uh, to, to take him. Uh, I think he's going to be good. Um, Devin Lloyd out of Utah. You know, we've, we've watched those late night PAC 12 games and, whenever utah was uh playing devin lloyd was a guy who uh you know seemed to make every single tackle uh, so he's going to be he's going to be out there um you got christian harris out of alabama another guy who seemed to be in the middle of every single play uh and then you have some guys out of uh you know non power 5 schools who i think are going to be really good like uh, chad Muma from uh wyoming who's uh, a big fast kid uh Troy Anderson from, uh, Montana state, uh, he went to the combine, you know, it's like a six, four, 240 pound kid who, who ran, a, I think a four or five or, you know, something like that. So there's definitely a lot of, of depth in the linebacker, uh, position this year. And, and I think you can get, uh, um, you know, an instant starter probably in the first three rounds out of that position. I can't hear you, Dave
0: oh i love it ron that's a good nugget on your part yeah oh, yeah sorry um <clears throat> but uh so now we'll go move from there to other parts of the defense because i think i don't think the next biggest position in the on the offensive side would be tight end probably because i or running back something like that and the line you got the line too but since we're yeah. stuck, um where do you want to go first do you want to go with the line or do you want to go with the uh defensive stuff
3: uh, let's do the let's do the line. Okay. Um, because right. I, I, I do think we have uh, you know the it, it's very top heavy the the offensive line this year and and I think uh, there's a big drop off after probably the first three guys uh, who are all probably going to be top you know ten picks maybe even within the top six picks of the draft um, and, and the first guy and probably in my opinion might be the best player in the draft is uh, Ike Kwanu. Um, the tackle from NC State, who uh, is just a mauler, um, you know, he's been uh, as someone on my radar for the for the past couple of years. Um, really, you know, just dominated every single uh, every single year at, at NC State. Uh, I, I think personally, think he's the best uh, lineman in the draft. Might be the best player. Might be the most surefire guy to be a Pro Bowler. Um, but you have Evan Neal at Alabama, who. Uh, started all four years with Alabama at different positions, um, you know, looks the part, you know, big, big kid, like 330 pounds, wears it well. Uh, I think he's going to be really good instant starter as a left tackle. And, uh, and, and the third guy in that group is Charles Cross, the uh, the tackle from Mississippi state who another guy, you know, instant left tackle starter for any team. Uh, I, I guess the one, Knock maybe on him is is he played in a Mike Leach offense which is all pass. You know, they they don't really run uh under Mike Leach so you might have some reservations there but I think those three guys are probably the safest uh three players in the in the draft this year.
0: Cool. All right. So that was a good call going to the line. Let's uh, continue on that and uh since we're on the line, I guess we could quickly do tight ends. So we look at—I um, mean, there are a couple of decent folks up up there. Um, anything? Any quick hitters in the tight end position?
3: I, I think there's a lot of uh, depth uh, mm-hmm. in the tight end position this year, but I, I don't think they'll be off. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see one go in the first round. Uh, probably won't see one go until the, the middle of the second. But okay. uh, there's a couple guys on there who I think are going to be good. Trey McBride, uh, the tight end from Colorado State. Um, Jeremy Rucker. Uh, at Ohio state. Um, who else the, the one big surprise actually is, uh, you know, going into this year, everybody, you know, all the draft people had Jalen Widerman from, uh, Texas A&M, uh, being a possible first round pick. And, uh, he just had an awful year, uh, this year for A&M and then went to the combine and, and tested really poorly uh, ran slow at his pro day and uh now you're you're hearing talk of him maybe gone uh undrafted which is uh would have been unheard of at the beginning of the season but uh it's you know it's how how quickly the uh the draft process changes.
0: Yeah no doubt so uh let's let's move ahead then and we'll go to the edge rushers. I'm not gonna waste time with running back. We'll get to that at the end. But uh edge rushers there are a bunch of them. You have Hutchinson from Michigan. You got Thibodeau from Oregon. You have uh, just a bunch, just a bunch. Like you know, all the big teams this year seem to have represented. Um, yeah. What do you think about the edge rushers? There, there are plenty of the, of, uh, of tackles that we can go, we can talk about. No, no.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, and, and and it's going to be a premium um spot this year in, in the draft uh you know everybody is looking for pass rushers in today's nfl uh and and i think there's a a, a good group of them um and i actually think edge rusher might be uh you know the when it's all said and done it might end up producing the most um you know really good nfl players in this draft uh but it starts with uh Uh, Aidan Hutchinson from Michigan, uh, who had a a huge year this year. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, who, uh, you know, came into Oregon with a lot of hype. In my opinion, he lived up to it. Um, In my my thought, I thought he was, you know, the surefire top pick in this year's draft. And it's sort of, uh, you know, you've heard a lot of negative things um, after the season, a lot of knocks on him. I don't know how real those are, if it's a uh, smoke screens or, or what, but, uh, um, you know, certainly to me he looked like one of the most talented players we've seen in a long time, but he's kind of taken a hit and his stocks taken, um, which is, uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes tomorrow night, uh, how far he falls. Um, and, uh, you have, obviously you have Trayvon Walker from Georgia who, uh, is technically an edge rusher. He played inside, played, uh, uh defensive end, uh not your typical, you know, uh guy who's gonna get a ton of sacks, but uh more of a uh an Eric Armstead type uh, defensive end who uh you know is gonna set the edge. He's gonna be a great run blocker or run tackler. Um might pick up a couple sacks here or there. He's a freak of an athlete, 6'5", 270, ran a four five at the combine um and you know probably gonna end up being the first pick tomorrow night but uh uh you know you you have him uh Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State who put up a ton of sacks this year um and then when you get after after that you have George Karloftis from Purdue another guy who you know plays with a high motor should be really good um and, and then Of course, you have David Ajabo from Michigan, who, uh, you know, there was even talk after the season that he might be better than Hutchinson. Uh, And then he, you know, he tests well at the combine, goes to his pro day and tears his knee, um, which is just, uh, you know, an awful scenario. So he's a guy who's probably not going to go until the second round. Um, But, you know, whatever team – he reminds me of – who's that guy who, uh, the Cowboys took a couple of years Jalen Brown from, uh, Notre Dame. Remember when he tore his knee in the bowl game? Um, yeah. and then the, uh, the Cowboys ended up taking him, I think. And then I think they took him in the late first, or early second round. And, you know, he, he, ended up being, uh, sitting out a year to, to rehab and then he's a productive player. Uh, so I think the same thing is going to happen with the Jabo and, uh, we will probably go to a team in the second round, uh, have to rehab his, his rookie year, and then, you know, play after that. But uh, definitely very, very deep on the uh, the pass rushers. And, you know, almost every team in the NFL needs them.
0: Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. If I was just looking at draft needs and, you know, I could just – like the Bengals, that's just like a great example of a team really could use yeah. a pass rusher, you know, things like that. Um, yeah yeah a great call on that let's continue with the rest of the defensive line so that would equal the interior defensive lineman so uh, uh another pretty deep position so uh let's let's hear what you think about the dls
3: yeah i mean it's uh it, it's it, you don't really have that one standout guy who um you know is, is talked about going in the top five which you see usually see in the nfl draft but uh you know, definitely Jordan Davis, uh, from Georgia, who is, uh, you know, just a monster of a guy, uh, and, and runs really well. He should be the first defensive tackle off the board. Um, I mean, if you ever hear heard that, that kid interviewed, I mean, he's just, uh, you know, it's a really fun personality, really engaging. Uh, so I think a, a team who gets him, is going to be very, you know, happy with that selection. Um, his teammate, Devontae Wyatt, uh, another guy who, uh, you know, it's probably a better, um, you know, pass rusher from inside. Uh, you have uh, Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma uh, who, who really, like, blew up the senior bowl and was almost unblockable. So, uh, you know, I think those three guys are going to be the first three defensive tackles off the board. There's also I, – I meant to do this, and I wanted to give our buddy, uh, John in Connecticut, uh, his due because Travis Jones from Connecticut um, – is is likely going to be a second round pick might even sneak into the first so for as bad as connecticut football has been the past (laughs) few years uh they have a possible first round pick um so uh i I wanted to give that little pop for for john i know he's uh he's dealt with a lot of uh poor football there for a long time but uh they, they have a good one in travis jones
0: Pretty cool that you can get a first round pick out of that that program. That's always cool to see that. Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: All
0: right, so uh, now let's continue with our defensive rankings, and we move into de- to defensive backs. So we'll start with cornerbacks, and ooh, we got a couple of top potential top five picks at the top at, at the top of these rankings, like top five overall picks, which is really interesting. Yeah. Let's hear about the cornerbacks.
3: Yeah, I mean, if we, um, you know, talked about. NFL prospects, uh, the year that L- LSU won the national title, we probably would have said that Derek Stingley was going to be a surefire number one overall pick, um, had one of the best uh, freshman, um, true freshman years out of any cornerback ever. I mean, he was just locked down, uh, unbelievable, helped them win the national title. Uh, and then, you know, something happened uh, during the COVID year. Uh, you know, he, he just played really poorly. Um, and then, then this season, he, uh, you know, again, did not show well on tape. And then he got injured. And uh, you saw his stock kind of plummet. Um, you're starting to see it boost back up now. Uh, you know, he, he did his pro day. He ran really well. Um, he From what I've read, he's, he's interviewed well. Uh, so I think he's a guy who's, who's rising again. Uh, I, I've seen him or, or heard rumors that the Texans really love him at number three. Um, so that, that's a kid who if he plays up to the level that he did his freshman year uh, instant, like top 10 cornerback in the NFL, it's just, you you have to make sure you're getting that player and not the one from the past two years. Um, but, uh, but, Beyond him, there's Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati who's, you know, a big, uh, long cornerback who uh, hasn't given up a touchdown in, in college football. Um, just, uh, you know, as close to shutdown as you can get and probably a top five talent. Uh, so he's, he's going to be either the first or second cornerback off the board. Um, outside him, you have Trent McDuffie from Washington uh, on the smaller side, but still – you know, a uh, uh, very good cover man, very hard tackler. Uh, you have Kair Elam, um, from Florida who, again, he's, he's a kid who kind of had a down year his, uh, his last year, but, um, was amazing before that. So I think he has a chance to uh, be a first round pick. Um, and then you have, uh, you have some guys in the second round who uh, you know, can certainly, uh, play probably more, uh, the NFL is, is probably looking at them more as, as the slot-type cornerbacks like uh, Kyler Gooden or, or Gordon from Washington uh, and, and some other guys, uh, Roger McCreary from from Auburn. But it's certainly, cornerback uh, is a position where it's, it's Stingley and Gardner and then the drop-off is very significant, but those two should be uh, locked top 10 picks.
0: I like it. Yeah. And defense really is a real is I think of the two of the two sides of the ball. I feel like the defense is going to be the stronger of the two in this draft, just from what you've been yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's cool. So let's go to safeties. And um, well, I think it's maybe um, you have one. You have Kyler ha- Kyle Hamilton, who's ranked number four overall in the CBS draft rankings and uh, mm-hmm. number one for the position. But after that, it's interesting. So let's let's see what you think of safeties.
3: Yeah, and, you know, he his stock was kind of higher um, when the season ended because mm-hmm. uh, he was a guy who, I mean, uh, if you watch Notre Dame, I mean, he was in um, – it seemed like every tackle uh, during the game. Um, and he's, he's a safety with, with a lot of size, um, you know, a good tackling ability, which is certainly something you need in, in today's NFL, and the coaches love that. Uh, but he did uh, test – poorly at the combine and his Mm. pro day uh he he did not run fast uh kind of gave people a uh, a pause on his uh you know his 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 top level of of ability and uh, you kind of saw his stock sink so uh, i do think he's he's the top overall safety i don't know if i would take him in the top 10. Um, but beyond that at safety it's it's a really big drop off and um, you know, the next guys after him or a lot of hybrid guys who, who might have played, uh, you know, like uh, uh, slot cornerback in college who might move over to safety. Guys like Dax Hill from Michigan, um, Jalen Peach Taylor, uh, Lewis Sign from uh, Georgia, uh, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. These are all guys who are probably going to go in the, the early in mid- a part of the second round and could contribute right away in the NFL, but uh, certainly more risk with those guys than Hamilton. It's just, uh, you know, whether or not you uh, trust the film on Ham- Hamilton over his, his uh, you know, his testing times. Um, because if you do, you, you know, you, you probably view him as a top five player in this draft and if you, uh, if you go with more of the, the testing times and stuff like that, you probably have it more to the middle of the first round.
0: Cool beans, uh, Ron. And now that leads us to one last general position on the field before we get to special teams. And and it is running back. I mean, again, as we, we talked about, it's just not that sexy a position anymore. And you you will rarely... In fact, when it happened last year, it was the first time that I'd seen a running back te- take in the first round in quite a while. Why don't we just follow up on that first? Like You know, so, and the, the, who I'm speaking of is Najee Harris, who was taken by the Steelers in the middle of the first round. Do you think that was worth the pick? I mean, he was good. He was hurt, but I thought he had a decent year. What did you think?
3: Yeah, I, I think for that team, he was the f- perfect pick. And, uh, you know, he certainly uh, gave them, uh, you know, an aspect to their, their offense that they needed. They needed a you know, a consistent running back and someone who could uh, open up the offense. And I think, I think he did that. Uh, You know, I I think the team was more hampered by uh, Roethlisberger's inabilities than, than Najee Harris. Um, But I thought he was a good pick at the time. I mean, he was, he was, I think he was picked in the early twenties. So, I mean, you got the good value out of him. The, The problem with that is even for as good as he was, uh, you can make the case that uh, Javante Williams uh, with the Broncos had just a, a, as big of an impact. Um, and he's a guy who went in the second round, second or third round. I can't remember. So, um, you know, that that's the risk you take taking a running back in the first round of the NFL draft is you could get the same production out of a guy uh, two or three rounds later. And, uh, and and I think the same is going to be, you know, um, we're going to see the same this year. Yeah. Um, because you don't really have that, you don't have that Najee Harris this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you have guys like, uh, Brees Hall, uh, Kenny Walker, who had a huge year at Michigan state and carried them, you know, almost to uh, a big 10 title. So, uh, you have those two, um, you have uh Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook, uh, with Georgia. Um, he's going to be, uh, I, I think a very productive NFL player. Uh, you have Isaiah Spiller out of Texas AM. and um, You have all of these guys who uh, will go anywhere between rounds two and five, and you might get the same level of, of production out of a guy taking in round five than uh, a guy taking in round two. I, I don't think anyone will end up in the first round. Uh, I'd be very surprised if one did. Um, if one happened to, to go in the first round, I think it would be Brees Hall. Um, but again, I, I, I think that would have to be a team with the right situation. Uh, you hear that maybe the, the Bills would want a running back in the first round. But, um, you know, I, I kind of doubt that. But uh, stranger things have happened. But uh, be on the, the lookout for next year with running back because uh, uh, Bijan Robinson from Texas is going to be coming out and uh, he is probably going to be the next, running back to at least be a first rounder might even go top 10 in the, uh, in the draft next year. I think that's how good of a player he's going to end up being.
0: Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'll keep an eye out for that too, Ron. That sounds great. So that leaves all we have left now, special teams. So that's kickers, punters and punt returners and, and kickoff returners. I mean, we have never really covered this in a draft preview. I can see the smile on your face. So, uh, is there yeah. anything useful to say about those positions?
3: I don't know, but there's a punter, and and you know, God bless him. I don't remember his name, <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's a punter who I've read who has like a third round grade on. Oh, the San Diego
0: uh, State guy. Yeah, yeah yeah, State yeah, guy. yeah, 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 yeah.
3: He yep.
0: kick like yeah, seventy so, yard k- kicks like consistently. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. So he's uh, I mean, he's probably the only special teams guy who's <laughs> probably gonna go in this yeah. draft, but. uh, yeah, he's he's you know probably going to go uh, higher than we think. Um, probably. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know I don't know really any other special teams guys, but I can tell you, uh, Marcus Jones, the cornerback from Houston, mm-hmm. um, who was I think he he like broke the N- the NCA record for uh, kick returns for touchdowns. Um, he's probably going to get drafted more uh, for his kick return ability but he's a guy who we're probably going to hear a lot about in the NFL, uh, you know, probably sooner rather than later because he's so electric. um, You know, when he, uh, when he does uh, return kickoffs and punts, uh, he might not go until, you know, the, he's probably a third round guy, but he might be a guy that we hear uh, a lot more often from than guys who might go in the first or second round.
0: Cool beans. We have completed all of our draft rankings. Um, do you wanna just go right into the, the mock draft or do you want to cover a little bit of what the team needs are because we can we can get into that too if you have if you have the time for that, but that's up to you.
3: Yeah, yeah, we, we could do whatever you want. Okay. Well, maybe
0: just, just some quick hitters then because I, I mean if we go through every single team, it's gonna this is gonna be a long show. But yeah um because obviously there are gonna be some teams that are just like they need everything. So like the Falcons the Texan, Texans yeah, Texans yeah. Yeah. They need call. everything <laughs> They do. What's really crazy about the Texans is that there's like talk about, "Hey, Davis Mills could be the guy." I was like, no, he can't. He stink. I mean, no, right? If you remember,
3: he when he first started last year, the first couple of games, I mean, he looked like as bad a quarterback as uh, as we've ever seen start an NFL game. And and kudos to him because he he ended up like actually looking kind of decent um, near the end of the year. But if you're you know, putting all your eggs in the Davis Mills basket no. uh, for the future. I mean, you have a lot of problems as an NFL team because, absolutely. Uh, you know, I just I, I don't see it with them.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can't just I can't agree more. So that the, 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 there you have it. Um, But, you know, like, let me just go to the Rams as an, as an example. So they lost a couple of key guys in the offensive line. Right. Yeah. So that's a big need, but they also need cornerback. Like which of those two areas do you think is, is a greater need for them?
3: Uh, I think they have the defensive players to kind of mask Mm -hmm. um, the inefficiencies in in the cornerbacks position. Uh, But, you know, certainly uh, the offensive line would be more of a, you know, a glaring hole to me. Yeah. you know they they lost uh what's his name who retired? Whitworth. Who yeah. forever.
2: Yeah. Whit- uh, I can't remember.
3: What Andrew um, Whitworth, right? Yeah, Whitworth, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, just losing a guy like him on the offensive line who is, you know, so steady for so many years. I mean, you're going to need to get um, you know, an influx of guys there who can make who can make up for his loss and, you know, that's not easy to do and we all know you know they did win the Super Bowl, but we also know that if you get pressure on Matt Stafford, he's a completely different quarterback uh, than what we saw down the stretch last year. So that would be my my bigger concern for them.
0: All right, let me give you a hot take. All right, so mm. no, actually it's not that it's not that hot take because like I think I think when you have Trubisky involved, I think they've printed the Steelers have settled their quarterback, even though it's not no one gets excited yeah. about Mitch Trubisky, but at least they have <laughs> yeah. one. So I guess. I'm not going to be looking ahead to that, but, um, but if you look at the scene like we're we're my team, where do you see their biggest needs at uh, for the from the draft?
3: Well, I I think they did a good like, you know, going into the off season, I would have said offensive line, mm-hmm. but I I do think they did a nice job. They got Daniels from Chicago. Um, they re-signed whatever their 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 tackle was. Uh, I forget his name, but um, they did lose uh. Um, who's the guy who went to Kansas City The receiver, the one who does the TikTok dances
0: <laughs> Was it Juju? No no, 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 no Yeah, Juju, yeah It so was they, Juju, okay,
3: <laughs> But to me When I'm looking at the Steelers I still say they need A quarterback uh, I know Trubisky got signed And I know he's going to start for the next year or two But they need a quarterback In the worst way To you know, give the fans some faith once Trubisky <laughs> becomes Trubisky yeah. and uh, you know, plays terrible around like week two or three this season. Um, you know, but yeah. they're a team that has so many they have so many veterans. Uh you know, they they can they're built to win. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's it's really a crapshoot in the in the AFC North. Um I don't know if they have one glaring weakness besides the quarterback position. And it's such a big glaring weakness. If, if Trubisky is halfway decent and can uh, kind of manage the game, I mean, because let's be honest, that's what Roethlisberger was doing last year. Right. He was managing the game. If he can do that, uh, you know, I think he'll, he'll be okay. And, and the Steelers could surprise some teams Um But if he's not, I mean, they need somebody, you know, for the future. They really do uh, because Mason Rudolph, you know, and God bless him, Dwayne Haskins isn't going to be there anymore. So uh, they actually sit in another good spot like they did last year where they got – they they had the luxury to take Najee Harris at pick 20. Uh, I think they're in the spot this year where they can take, uh, you know, whatever quarterback that they love out of this year's crop and have him sit for a year and hopefully develop him into a, uh, a, you know, starter going forward. Because let's let's be honest, the Steelers are, are a good franchise and they're not going to be picking in the top, you know, five of the draft next year to get, you know, one of the, the top quarterbacks coming out. So if you could take a kid and develop him this year, that's what I would do.
0: Well, this is going to seem like a layup question. But do you think there there's incentive to go after Kenny Pickett just because of not only all of the above of the idea that he can be developed, but he's also a pit guy. Like deserve Yeah,
3: and he's been, I mean, he he shared the same facilities, uh, you know, as the Steelers, same stadium mm-hmm. for the past five years. Uh, I think that Malik Willis is a better fit for Pittsburgh. Um, oh, for see. everything yeah. Yeah. that you hear Matt Canada uh, wants to do on that offense. And, uh, you know, the things coming out, um, this off season is that he was really frustrated that he couldn't run kind of the new age NFL RPOs and stuff like that with Roethlisberger because he was so broken down and he wants to be able to, uh, you know, incorporate more of the, that type of offense and, and the, you know, bring more athleticism to the quarterback position, which is why they went out and got Trubisky. So if if that's the kind of offense you want to run, I mean, you you take somebody like Malik Willis, who is raw, and uh, you kind of teach him how to, you know, be an NFL quarterback, but he has instantly has the athleticism. You could put him in for design plays and, you know, special, um, you know, special downs and stuff like that. Uh, You could take that guy and, you know, mold him into who you want to be as opposed to taking Kenny Pickett who you know is a statue quarterback with a you know average arm um, who is never going to be able to be that type of athletic guy that you want in that position going forward.
0: Yeah, right on on the, all of that that's I, I mean I love that call that that was a, that's a very interesting observation. I, I think you'd be very exciting to watch play. Um, if he were to be selected for for the, from the Steelers, and as you mentioned, he probably is not going to play right away. It'll probably be a couple year, a year or two down the line. So it's not it's a it's right. a very low risk, at least from the pers- perspective of pick, making the pick, pretty low risk investment. So I would hope they do that. That would be interesting. Um, they tend to pick more like defensive backs and safeties and things like that, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Let's look at your Jets. Where where do you yeah. see their biggest needs?
3: Uh, definitely, they need uh, a pass rusher, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, to me that stands out more than anything. They need somebody who can get to the quarterback uh, and they need another receiver for Zach Wilson. Um, you know, the, those are the two glaring weaknesses to me. Uh, you know, they, uh, they, they had, they, they signed Carl Lawson last year. um you know to be their their big pass rusher and he got hurt in preseason um they had no pass rush whatsoever uh the the cornerbacks and uh, secondary actually you know played pretty well considering that the jets had no pass rush at all um so I, i mean i think it's imperative that they get somebody who can rush the quarterback and uh team with lawson and uh and they needed another receiver um you know elijah moore was was great last year great fine corey davis they signed he's kind of you know average at best uh they need uh, another guy who could stretch the field and uh you know let zach wilson rip it uh deep because uh, they didn't really have that guy last year but i think you start with those two um you know areas of weakness and, and go from there
0: cool all right. So now let's see. Any other teams you want to take a look at here, as far as the draft needs?
3: Um, I'm trying to think of uh, the Giants. Let's do the Giants ah. because I know we have our friends uh, who are Giant fans. Uh, and they're another team who essentially needs every single position upgraded. <laughs> you know, they were which, bad at
0: everything. That's a really good point. They couldn't do shit yeah. last year. It's a, well, that's an interesting. Yeah, and,
3: and and it you know when we look back on, um dave gettleman in, in you know two or three years maybe even sooner people are going to realize that he probably had one of the worst 10 years for any general manager um you know in, in modern times yeah. he was that bad you know he left the team with uh, um yeah, an awful cap situation no talent um you know bad draft picks uh, so I, I do think Joe Schoen, who they bought in, is uh, is the right guy for the job. And and he, he's taking his time to clean up all the messes that he was left. Um, but in doing so, they have to get rid of their, uh, you know, they're probably their best players just because they have the worst contracts. So mm-hmm. he's he's going to have to get rid of uh, James Bradbury, the cornerback. Uh, they've gotten rid of Logan Ryan. Um you know, there's been talk of, uh, uh, of trying to get out from Kenny Galladay's contract, which probably isn't going to happen. Saquon Barkley, they were, you know, toying with the idea of getting rid of. Um, but they need talent everywhere. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're, you know, they have the luxury of actually being one of those teams who can pick the best available player. Um, because they're they're all going to fit a need for mm-hmm. for that team and uh, but I would say definitely they need to rebuild the offensive line and uh, they need to uh, find a, a pass rusher and uh, a starting cornerback for sure.
0: Yeah, no 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 question. I mean, wherever it feels like, no matter what they pick, it's going to be a good pick. Just be just by default. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They're
3: they're one of the teams and, and and you know good for them, but they're one of the teams where. Uh, The fan base is going to get two guys who they know are going to be starters right away and Mm -hmm. will fit an area of need. There's like, there's not a position that they can take where maybe besides like a defensive tackle where, you know, the fan base is the fan base. Isn't going to get mad and say, Oh, why do we take this guy? Because they need everything. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, yeah, literally everything. I was just thinking like, the only thing that I would I would really question is if they took a they reached out to get a quarterback with their first pick, which I th-
3: yeah yeah I, I think that's like yeah the, they they won't do that. I don't believe. No, 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 I, I think no. they're they're building towards next year to get their their next quarterback. Yeah, and I think they're gonna try to build a team around Daniel Jones and see if he uh, sinks or swims, and you know, uh, and take it from there.
0: Cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's pretty much do or die time for Daniel Jones, right? So this is yeah. – I don't think they're going to kind of go back on it now. They've invested too much in him. So very good. I, I think – I guess that's all. Let me see if there's a few that I can get, get into. Um, I think the Niners is an interesting is an interesting scenario because I feel like they need a wide receiver, and yet my, the, the draft rankings I was reading are saying they need the cornerback more or the safety more. I'm not sure. I don't know. Like we which and what what side whose side would you take in that one?
3: Yeah, yeah I think they had decent um <clears throat> you know, outside of Debo D- Samuels, I think they had a couple decent, like younger receivers who uh popped a little bit near the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh I would say uh yeah, I mean it it's tough with a team like the 49ers because you know they're a team that they can they can outcoach their deficiencies, um, you know, and they always seem to to do better than you know what what you think they're going to do. Um, so I I don't know if there's like one glaring weakness. I think they could always use another cornerback. Um, uh, I I definitely think that, especially in the in the AFC West, where you have Kyler Murray, you have uh, Matthew Stafford, and those guys. <clears throat> Uh, you have the, well, the Seahawks are probably going to stick for a while, but you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So yeah, I, I think a corner or, uh, you know, one of those hybrid defensive backs who can play safety or, or slot corner. Um, they, they could probably use one of those guys. Yeah, but Pat- if, they, if they trade Debo Samuel, that all changes and they're going to need a, definitely going to need a wide receiver to, uh, to, to plug in there.
0: But that's the thing. I think they are going to trade Debo Samuel, and I feel like these draft rankings aren't accounting for that. And they they really should. Yeah. They really should. I, I just yeah. And,
3: and and you figure this. I mean, you know, even if they don't trade him tomorrow night, mm-hmm. I mean, they're still going to need to take a receiver, under the assumption that he's going to be traded before the start of the year. So, yeah, I, I would say that that probably becomes uh you know critical for them to 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 draft a receiver.
0: Yep, I, I I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Let's see, let's see if I can think of any others that I that are jumping out mm-hmm. at me. Um now there's a lot of the there's a lot of the they need everything <laughs> kind of team yeah. right now. <laughs> so it's just like Falcons you like- know, maybe
3: maybe one of the the, the interesting teams is uh, is again uh, you know John in Connecticut our good friend the Packers ah. who have a team built really for the Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, but are missing their number one wide receiver now that Devontae Adams is gone. So they also have two first round picks now, but they haven't taken a receiver in the first round in 20 years. So, and we know that the, uh, this current regime that they have uh, certainly seems to go off the board a lot in the, uh, in the draft. Um, You know, we can tell that by Jordan Love a couple years ago. Right. So, You would think that wide receiver is their number one um, priority, but I would not be surprised if the Packers do not take a receiver uh, with either of their first two picks.
0: Well, it's, I know there's a risk involved with taking a receiver in the first round, so I I wouldn't kill them if they did, if they didn't, but it does seem like the way to go. So I'm with you for the most part. But Yeah. uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, Good lord! Look you think I was just thinking about the Falcons right now. It's like I think I mentioned this already. Oh God,
3: they need everything. too <laughs> do. Literally, there are everything. some really, really bad. Like, there's teams who we don't, you know, might not think that how awful they are, how mm-hmm. awful their rosters are, because we don't really see them a lot. But yeah. the Falcons are a team that is right now on paper. They have Marcus Mariota as the quarterback, and um, I don't even know who their receivers are. Honestly, I, I don't – you know, they – I couldn't tell you who their – Cephas, I think, is like their – or I don't even know who their number one receiver is. But they're a team that has no, you know, discernible talent. Um, and the Seahawks have gotten so bad uh, just by trading Russell Wilson. Um, you know, I, I don't know what direction that they they're going to go in. Um, you know, they traded for Jamal Adams a couple of years ago and the defense got worse. Um, you know, they traded Russell Wilson this year. Uh, and, you know, right now their quarterbacks are Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Um, so, I mean, how do you go into an NFL season with those guys as your quarterbacks? But, you know, they might. Um, yeah, there, there's, a, there, there's more teams than you – you know, the, even Washington – you know Washington yeah. is relying on Matt or uh, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, yeah, yeah, God to, to lead them, them this with. year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have. I, I think what you have in in at least on paper right now is a lot of the NFL is very top heavy. You got a lot of teams that got good this year uh, or better, at least on paper in, in the off season, and a lot of teams who look awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the uh, you know the disparity in, in talent is is really going to show this year. You're going to have a lot of good teams and you're going to have a lot of bad teams.
0: Yeah. I I think I've, I really like that you pointed out the Seahawks because I feel like this has been coming for some time. They've looked so thin in front yeah. of Wilson. I feel like he was the only good player on the team by you know within the last 2 years and now he's gone. You know
3: for as much um, you know credit as, as Schneider and Carroll have gotten, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, when they went on their Super Bowl runs, the you know, the post years from those runs doesn't really uh shine a, a good light on them because the asset allocation has been horrendous. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had Russell Wilson, they traded, they kept trading like away first round picks. They never rebuilt the offensive line. They let a ton of guys go on defense and didn't really replace any of them. Um so what you're seeing now is a roster with you know a bunch of you know m- like mid level starters uh, and especially since they got rid of Wilson uh, you know you have decent receivers and nothing else around them, which uh, you know doesn't doesn't really make sense uh, when you're trying to build a team
0: no. Okay, uh, exactly, exactly. They they need to build that offensive line. We've been saying that. I'm just sound like cap, but we been, I've been saying that for years. They need to rebuild that offensive line. They've been it's been terrible. Yeah. It's been terrible.
3: Mm-hmm. If they were just Yeah, a- they 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 let guys go and never replaced them. Yeah. Uh and kind of relied on Russell Wilson to carry the ship and uh and you know push them over the hump and uh you know it just it, it was time for it to to break apart and it did.
0: It sure did. Now, are you concerned, and this is not a draft question at all, but are you concerned <laughs> with Teddy Bridgewater's health? Now that he's, I, I assume that he, he made it over there in the trade, but let me double check. Uh, no, he's on the Dolphins at the moment. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, he's with the Dolphins. Okay, so then yeah. that question does not stand. That, never mind that question. But whoever the hell the quarterback is over there, I mean, I am very concerned about their health because he's going to get pounded with that, with that terrible offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, if, if
3: if the season started today, it would be Drew Locke, and uh, right, right, Drew Locke. And, and I mean, he is not a good quarterback to begin with.
0: Yeah, um, oh, my friend, he played behind a pretty that, yeah.
3: good <laughs> offensive line in Denver, so yeah. you know, um, and he was bad, yeah. so just imagine him behind a bad offensive <laughs> line.
0: <laughs> yeah, good call. That's be something we'll talk about in the NFL preview later. Like, we'll talk yeah. about the contrast of that, like, how how Wilson's going to do with a good team around him. That's going to be, or what could be a good team around him. I
3: mean, yeah, absolutely. It'd
0: be really fun. So AC West is stacked this year. Isn't it though? Like every team has potential every single team. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great division. All right. So let's go do the mock draft and uh, we will start I'm very curious to see where we go with the, with these picks. So the Jaguars are first and clearly they're not going to take a quarterback. They, they already have their quarterback. But uh, will the number one prospect be the guy they take? Ron, who do you have for them taking in the first round?
3: Now, this is uh, – yeah, I'm going to do this based off of um, what I think is going to happen and not what I would do. Okay. Um, because if, if, if I was them, I would take uh, Icky Quan from NC State and protect Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, again, they're the Jaguars. and <laughs> They don't seem to make <laughs> – Um, you know, decisions that make much sense. Right, I think they're going to draft Trayvon Walker, the uh, defensive end from Georgia. Um, you know, for for whatever reason, they they seem to like him better than Hutchinson. Uh, I've even seen one rumor that said that uh, uh, Trent Baalke, the the GM of the Jaguars. is favoring Trayvon Walker over Hutchinson because he doesn't like Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, <laughs> I, it's probably not true, but it, it's the Jaguars and it wouldn't surprise me if it was, but uh yeah, I think they take Trayvon Walker tomorrow night. Um, I don't think it's the right thing to do, but I think it's what they do.
0: All right. Fair enough. Very well. Yeah. And you're, pro- <laughs> do you think Hutchinson would be a better investment for them over Walker? If he, they were to go that way. That's an interesting question. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I,
3: I I think you know Hutchinson is a guy who, um, is the perfect complement to Josh Allen there, uh, and, and you know an instant pass rusher. Like I said, Trayvon Walker is probably going to be a good player, but he's not a uh, a sacks kind of guy. He's uh you know he's a he's an edge setter. He's a run stopper, and to me, that's not a guy who you take first overall. Right. But uh, I think the Jaguars will.
0: Okay. So we move on to the lines with the second overall pick in the draft. Who are they taking?
3: I think they would, or they should take Aiden Hutchinson, run that card up and say, you know, here's who we got. They need a a pass rusher in the worst way. He's he's a hometown boy, uh, played, you know, with Michigan, you know, hard worker, high motor, fits into what they're trying to do. Um, They should take him and, and not think twice about it.
0: All right. So that that's pretty definitive. I like it. And it's, I think you make a good pick. So I'm with it. So, all right. So and then we go to the Texans at number three. And again, like we said, they need everything. So who are they, ta- who do you think they'll be taken?
3: They need everything. And if I was them again, I would take one of the offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, from, from everything that, uh, you know, I've read, and I know there's a lot of smoke screens and this could all blow up tomorrow and I could have <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> none of these guys. Right. But, um, you know, it seems like they really like, so I, I think they're going to take Derek Stingley at number three, um, which is, it's really high for a cornerback, but, uh, like we said, they need, um, talent on the team at every position. So if they view him as the best talent in the draft, uh, I think they're going to take him.
0: All right. Now we're up to your jets. Assuming they don't trade the pick or anything, who do you see them taking in, in with the fourth overall?
3: Oh man, I would love if they took Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I would love any pass rusher here, because the Jets have not had a pass rusher in 30 years. <laughs> um, you know, I would, I would love Thibodeau. I would love Jermaine Johnson. Any of those, I would love it if Hutchinson fell. But for some reason, it seems like, and, and I, I trust all these like insider guys because you know I follow all like the Jets insider guys. They seem to be in love with. Iki Akuanu, the offensive tackle from NC State. Um, why go tackle again when you took Beckton a couple years ago? I have no idea. Um, you know, there's been talk that uh, that that Beckton is kind of on the outs with the coaching staff um, and might get moved. But uh, I, I think, and I, I I won't be happy with it, but I think they take Akuanu at number four in the draft.
0: All right, so now do do the uh, nearby team, the Giants, let's see who they take in uh, with the fifth overall.
3: Uh, I I think they need offensive line, you know, first and foremost, with how the board uh, falls. So I think they're going to go with Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. From everything I've read, they kind of favor him over Evan Neal. Um, He's a guy who you can plug right in at right tackle. They have Andrew Thomas at the left tackle. Uh, they need to improve that offensive line to give Barkley and Daniel Jones some sort of fighting chance. Cool,
0: it would be a solid pick. But as we were saying, and literally anything they could do would be a solid pick at this point. So, yeah, absolutely. And for the Panthers, we have them at at the sixth overall. Who do they? Who do you think they'll be picking?
3: This is another team um, who is just a mess yeah. I and mean, when they don't get uh you know taken behind the woodshed enough because they have you know basically screwed up every move that they've done <laughs> you know the past <laughs> couple of years they, yeah. they they gave um multiple draft picks for sam darnold <laughs> when anybody who watched him knew that he you know was finished he, he just he's not good um and, and you know then they had to resign cam newton and bring him back in the middle of the year Uh, you know, they, McCaffrey got overused and got hurt. Uh, they traded away, um, you know, almost all their mid round picks this year. Uh, so I think they would love to trade out of number six, uh, and recoup some of those picks. I don't know if any team will want to move up there. Uh, so for the sake of saying that they, they can't move the pick, I think they're going to go offensive line and they will take evan neal the uh, tackle from alabama uh their offensive line probably the worst in the nfl like we we can talk about all the other teams and how bad they are but they i think had the worst offensive line um last year and it didn't get better this offseason so uh evan neal from alabama would make the most sense
0: cool all right so now back to the giants who got a who got the seventh overall pick from the chicago bears Who will the Giants take with their second top 10 pick of the draft in the first round?
3: I think they would take sauce Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. Like I said, they're going to have to get rid of James Bradbury. um, You know, at some point this off season because of his contract. Uh, So you you draft sauce Gardner. He's probably an upgrade over Bradbury and uh, you know, will play right away. So I, I think he would make the most sense.
0: Cool. All right. Now to the eighth pick with the Atlanta Falcons
3: they um you know I would think they need a receiver because they literally have none um and there's certainly guys they could take there but uh yeah I think instead of going receiver they're going to go pass rusher so will oh, be the spot where Kayvon Thibodeau his fall ends and they will take Kayvon Thibodeau and uh uh, trust his talent over maybe the uh the negative things that have come out about uh, uh, about him and you know try to plug him into that uh pass rusher role right away
0: all right i mean that's going to be a that's going to be a name to follow for sure so now yeah. to the ninth pick of the draft with the seattle seahawks getting this pick from the denver broncos what could <clears throat> the seahawks do with the ninth overall
3: um, you know, so many directions they could go in. Um, you know, I, I again, I think this is a team too who probably wants to trade out and uh, and, and maybe you know get a couple extra picks and, and try to rebuild uh, through the draft that way. But uh, if they stay here, um, given our picks up till now, I think they would uh, go uh, pass rusher and they would take Jermaine Johnson from um, Florida State. Uh, they certainly need help on defense, and uh, they need somebody to rush the quarterback. I don't even know who their uh, defensive ends are. Um, but, yeah, I, I would take uh, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State.
0: All right. So what I'm seeing so far, if, I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm calculated correctly, I have three defensive ends so far in the first ten picks. So let's see yep. what the Jets do. Three team. defensive ends and
3: three offensive tackles. Yeah, so good point. Teams yeah. love to build through the trenches, mm-hmm. and that's uh, certainly what we're going to see this year. Now let's
0: see what the Jets, the Jets have the 10th overall pick from the Seahawks. And, uh, that's a very interesting spot. I think there'll still be some pretty good picks at that point of the draft. What do you think the Jets do?
3: Yeah, I think they would love if, uh, Jermaine Johnson, you know, if they take, take a quantum on four, I think they would love if Jermaine Johnson was there at 10. Um, but since he's not, uh, they're going to go to their next, uh, need, which is wide receiver, um, And I I think they're going to go with uh, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio state kind of fits, uh, you know, Elijah Moore is kind of a smaller guy. Corey Davis is more of the possession receiver. They need someone to stretch the field. Um, They don't really have the luxury of taking Jamison Williams and waiting for his knee to heal up. So I think they'll go with Garrett Wilson out of Ohio state.
0: All right. So now to Washington and the commanders with the 11th pick in the draft. Wow, where do you where do they go from here?
3: Uh, from everything I've read, they they want to take a wide receiver, mm-hmm. um, and if that's the case, I do think that they're a team that, that will gamble and take Jameson Williams from Alabama. They um, who, like I said, if he was fully healthy, he'd probably be a top five pick, um, and I, I think they're a team that would gamble on his health and kind of uh, you know let him wait and see. Uh, and hope to get him, you know, uh back at some point this season. So I think they would take James Williams from Alabama.
0: Okay. Well I think that I mean that would certainly help that would certainly be a good pick. Now to the yeah, Vikings Yeah. Um and now to the Vikings at the twelfth so with for the with the twelfth pick in the draft, where do they go?
3: Uh I, I, I think Kyle Hamilton from uh, Notre Dame, I think this is where he would uh, fall two, um, they certainly need help uh, in the secondary. I know they uh, re-signed Patrick Peterson, but he's you know thirty-five something like that, um, and they have Harrison Smith at one safety spot. But I, I think Hamilton to them would probably be the best value on the board, uh, and, and that's where uh, or what would make sense for them to take.
0: All right, so now we're we're down to the Texans with the thirteenth overall pick, which they got from the Browns. Yep. What do the, what will the Texans do with a 13th pick in the draft?
3: This is this is a really weird one because I could see them moving. I could see them trading uh, up to get a guy they want. I could see them trading back. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for the sake of our argument saying they stay here, since they got a, uh, um, a cornerback to start the draft, uh, I still think they need to address the offensive line. I think they would uh, take Trevor Penning um, the offensive tackle from, I think he's was Northern Iowa he played for. Uh, one of the small school guys who, who really um, blew up, uh, you know, the the senior bowl, um, you know, aced all the, uh, the, the, the combine stuff and uh, uh, certainly someone who they could, uh, you know, plug in um, on their offensive line. If they get rid of uh, Laramie Tunsil who, you uh, you know, making a ton of money there, and they, they they probably want to get out of that contract.
0: Oh yeah, <clears throat> give me just a second. I just want to confirm this. That's a really good query. Okay, so he is from yes, Northern Iowa. Got it right. Okay, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so the Baltimore Ravens have the 14th pick in the draft. Who do you project for them?
3: Uh, I I, I think Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. They need a they need a run stopper um on, on defense that was you know surprising last year because we always think of uh you know the ravens as this big defensive team but i mean they got they got gashed by a lot of running backs uh gave up a lot of big big yards so i i think uh adding jordan davis there is is a no-brainer
0: i'm really impressed by how quickly you're able to rattle these off the top of your head this is really good yeah, that very good stuff so let's go to the oh, thank you
3: yeah absolutely i mean
0: it's I mean, I'm sure you probably had this all written down, yeah. I'm assuming so. This is cool. This is. Very- I,
3: I, you know, you uh, know, and and this is funny about like the uh, the whole draft thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like five years ago, yeah. I, I was, you know, just talking on the board about this today. Like, you might have been able to find like one or two sites that were dedicated to like uh, you know draft stuff, um, and there's a bunch of guys who like had their own websites. And uh, in the past, like, year or so, all those guys have been swallowed up by, you know, the ESPNs and the athletics Mm -hmm. and, you know, the Fox or CBS sports. They've all been, like, you know, given this big platform. And there's so many resources now to look at draft stuff all year round and so many, like, mock draft tools that you can play with that, I mean, (laughs) you know, uh, I have so much downtime at work, like, during the day. And uh, for the past, like, two months, it's been consumed by, like, doing mock drafts. So,
0: <laughs> nice.
3: It, I don't post about it on the board and don't, like, you know, shove it in people's faces because I know that gets tiring. But, uh, you know, I, I do it all the time. So I kind of have, like, a sense of these these guys and where I think they're going to go. And, you know, it's it's, it's a good way to, to, to pass time. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting.
0: It's too bad that that can't translate that, you know, like in a direct way to fantasy rankings because I know there are different things like how someone contributes on the regular on the actual field versus how they contribute for fantasy football or do they, that's an interesting question. I mean, you know, it's a,
3: yeah, there, there's, there's certain like websites out there who mm-hmm. do, um, I forget what it, what it's called, but it's like, uh, uh, like dynasty stuff. So okay. it's like, uh, you know, even though, um, you know Garrett Wilson might get picked 10 he might be number one overall in, in like the the, the the dynasty thing because he's gonna put up more fantasy numbers but uh you know it's it, it's amazing that um, you know it, it's kind of like when I was a kid
2: yeah.
3: uh, I almost looked forward to the NBA draft as much as I did the, the, the NFL draft and it's kind of like, gone in reverse the, the past like five or 10 years, I, I guess it's because, um, you know, the whole one and done and, you know, rule with, with the NBA, we don't, you know, fall in love with a lot of the guys that we, that we do in, in college football. Um, but you know, I'm surprised that the NBA hasn't monetized the, the draft more. You see like the, the NFL has made it, um, you know, into a, a television event, a yeah. must see yeah. television event. And it's kind of gotten, you know, away from that. I I thought for a while the NBA was, like, gearing towards that uh, because it was always fun to watch, like, the NBA drafts and see those guys. But, you know, and I'm surprised that other sports, like – you know, the MLB is still doing the friggin' draft from uh, you know, a studio in Secaucus, New Jersey, sure, you sure. know. <laughs> and yeah. and the NHL draft tries to like make it into a big deal, but nobody really cares. knows any of the guys going into the NHL. Draft. We
0: don't know who those guys are. I think that that's something there's something to what you're saying. But
3: but the NBA draft
0: is really important, actually. There's you could make the case it's even more important in the NFL draft because if you make a mistake at yeah. the top of the NBA draft, you're done for five years. You're done.
3: It, and I don't know like what the reason for it is, but um, I kind of got more into the um, the tournament this year mm-hmm. uh, for one reason or another. I, I don't know why. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do think it was easier to to get into the tournament this year. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of those names are, um, you know, cause I think in the past couple of years, like you would see those teams who, you know, had the kids who would, uh, you know, be the one and done. And they still wouldn't, like, translate over to the NBA. Mm. Um, you know, the, the top picks were were guys from schools who didn't make a deep run or, or stuff like that. But the, the guys at the top of this year's draft in the NBA are guys uh, like Holmgren uh, from Gonzaga, a bunch of the Duke guys like uh, Bonchero, whatever, whatever his name is. So it, it kind of, like... Uh, it gives you more of a reason to be invested mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA draft when you know these guys because you've just seen them in in March and April if that makes sense it does, it um, does. yeah so you know I'll be into it this year yeah. and I look forward to to, to watching it I'll,
0: I have to agree I, I was into the tournament more this year than I've been in several years and i I'm not exactly sure like just like you I don't know why. <laughs> but I,
3: was yeah, I, I I honestly have no clue why it was. You know, I I think I was kind of you know, hoping that uh, Code K would <laughs> would lose before oh, no. oh, you know, gosh, so we didn't yeah. get that you know that that bullshit send off that yeah. you know he was this angel or whatever. So, you know, I was kind of into it that for that, and you know, especially locally with St. Peter's being you know, a half an hour you know, down the road from here, uh, you know, it was a really, really big story locally. But um, it was really easy to get to, I you know, I, I thought the flow of the games and, you know, the the, the teams were, it, it was just a better brand of basketball than we've seen, um, you know, and, and maybe in the past decade. And it was, it was easier to get into.
0: Yeah, true story. It was pretty wide open this year for a lot of it. And then, like, you started seeing, like, some of the, the big teams start to settle. And then, I mean, the only unfortunate thing is Kansas just stomped <laughs> – they're waiting yeah. for the end, to the title at the end, but it's
3: still—it's the same as like uh, Alabama and Ohio State, yes. you know, being at the top of college football every year, right? I mean, yeah. they're they're like the standard bears, so yeah. you know, it was it was going to be either them or Duke or Kentucky or yeah. you know, but hey, it's uh at the end of the day, you know, who cares as long as it's watchable and, and gives you a reason to yeah to root for against them, you know it's that's what it's made for true
0: we got some big upsets and andy was certainly in, certainly happy with the the gonzaga upset somewhere in the middle of that and then
3: uh... <laughs> i had them in my final four oh, I yeah, was me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was not a happy moment for me so as much but I, it still wasn't still always remarkable though i guess it was a remarkable upset so it was really cool yeah. to see that so absolutely um, all right well let's see is there anybody else you want to project here We we were up to 14 we can keep going as far as you want to go
3: Who's uh? Who's fifteen? Fifteen is the Eagles.
0: They got their pick from the Dolphins.
3: Eagles is very interesting because they have they had three first round picks. They traded one of them to New Orleans for a first rounder next year. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they need uh, they they and and they're such a weird team because um, you could believe in Jalen Hurts or not, but you know they they kind of like you know they played above expectations last year. Um, you know, hurts to me is not terrible, but he can manage a game. Okay. Uh, you know, so they really, and and with the rest of the NFC East, you have uh, the commanders, the giants, the Cowboys, you could all argue that they got, you know, worse this off season. Mm -hmm. The Eagles really had an opportunity to, to kind of make a leap and, uh, and solidify themselves at the top of that division. And they didn't do anything this off season. I mean, nothing, uh, which is just like you know surprising. And yeah, you know, I would tell uh, our buddy Timmy Russo all the time, like I'm surprised that they're not in on these guys uh, who are available. They weren't in on uh, on the any of the pass rushers, you know, that they could have used. They weren't in on the, on the cornerbacks. Um, so it's it, it's really weird. They like just stayed, you know, in the same position that they were. Uh, so this draft is going to be really big for them if they hit on, you know, if they get two quality starters in the first round, they could be the NFC East champions next year. They could, they could surpass the Cowboys. I don't trust the Cowboys and, uh, all the moves that they did. They, the Cowboys lost a lot and, you know, didn't really replace it. Um, but if the board fell the way it did now, I think the Eagles would take, um uh, a pass rusher. I think they would take uh, Carlo Karloftis, the uh, edge rusher from Purdue, um, because they need uh somebody certainly to 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 rush the cornerback. Uh you know, they they need a lot on defense. They they're a team that, you know, they need, they're a couple starters away from being pretty good. Um, you know, so I, I think he would be probably the, you know, the the easiest plug and play guy. Uh, to, to start there and give them a pass rush.
0: Pretty good, pretty good call on that, I'll say. So now let's go to the Saints at sixteen. They got their pick from the Colts through the Eagles.
3: Yeah. So they have they're another team. They have two picks. Um, I think they need and want another receiver mm-hmm. in the worst way. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas is coming back after being gone for two years. Uh, so, you know, is he the same player? I have no idea. Um, you know, they, they re-signed Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, they, they're in a spot. They lost a lot of guys, um, this year. They, they lost their Taron Armstead. They lost Marcus Williams. They lost a lot of good players that they had. Um, but they're still a decent team. Um I think they need another receiver for James Winston. I I think they would go with uh Chris Olave, the wide receiver from Ohio State.
0: And it's interesting that he fell this far, but I I think it's he's going to be yeah. everything I've ever seen him do is like he performs big in big games. He had a great yeah. Rose Bowl like I he's going to be awesome. So I hope that
3: they Yeah, that... he produced like almost every single game. Yeah. Like, you know, played in so you, you can't you can't argue against production.
0: No, no, sir. So now to the Chargers, and definitely they have holes, but let's see what what they can do at seventeen.
3: Yeah, I I think they would want um, an offensive tackle, but I don't think any of the top ones are there. Uh, I still think they would uh, try to improve the offensive line in front of um, Herbert. So I think they would go uh, Zion Johnson. The uh, offensive guard from Boston College. He was really—he's—he's uh, he's been rising up the uh, draft charts this whole offseason. He uh, had a great Senior Bowl. Uh, he played uh, center, guard, tackle at Boston College. Uh, so I, I think they you know—he would be a, a instant starter on the interior of the offensive line and, and really help them out.
0: Cool. So we have, like you mentioned, there were two picks for the Eagles in the first round. Here's the second one, 18th.
3: Yep. From the Saints. So, uh, so we have the Eagles and Saints back to back. Yeah, uh, I think the Eagles with this pick they'll stay on. They could go one of two ways. I, I think they could use another receiver, um, because Jalen Rieger really hasn't you know worked out for them. Um, but I do think they would go with defense again. And I'll say that they draft uh, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback uh, from Washington, who. Uh, on the smaller side, but, um, you know, definitely, you know, an upgrade over what they have at cornerback. Uh, they, they signed Steven Nelson last year
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, from the Steelers to play cornerback. Uh, he left, uh, so they have a hole there. So I think they would go with Trent McDuffie. And I think at 19, um, <clears throat> I think the Saints, I think this is a spot where you might see the first quarterback get taken off the board. Uh, okay. And, you know, I don't know if it's Malik Willis or Pickett, but I think that they would lean more towards Willis. I really do. I, I think they would lean towards Willis and let him develop behind Jameis Winston and kind of have that quarterback of the future there. Um, you know, they might as well. They have two picks, and they have the uh, ability to do that. So I would say Malik Willis to the Saints.
0: Could be a very exciting if it, if it pans out. That's gonna that's gonna be electricity over in New Orleans. So that'd be yeah, very cool. Now now, how far would would Virginia be from there? I mean, it's kind of far. not that close, but yeah, kind of the settled, but it's still regional. I mean it's in the same realm. <laughs> yeah, it's in the neighbor. Yeah, exactly. So now to the Steelers, the twentieth. I'm very interested to see what you, where you project the Steelers uh, picking here.
3: Yeah. So I would think that they would probably prefer Willis. Okay. Um,
0: and we met you. You talked about that. Uh, yeah, We did.
3: Yeah. But in this scenario where he's gone, um, you know, maybe they do go the safe route and they take Kenny Pickett knowing that they have, um, you know, people in the building who have, you know, uh, worked with him and seen him for five years and, and, and they kind of know his in and outs and, and what type of person he is. Uh, and, and they want to get a quarterback of the future. Uh, so maybe they take Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, if it's not him, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would reach for a Matt Coral, who I think is a, more along the type of quarterback as Malik Willis is, meaning that they're, you know, they're, more RPOs and athletic type of guys, uh, as opposed to Kenny Pickett. But uh, you know, he certainly has a lot of um, off the field questions, and I, I don't really think he fits what the Steelers are about. Um, so maybe I, I say they go with Kenny Pickett uh, and uh, go with the safe, you know, route uh, at quarterback.
0: And it would be a good like a, with the marketing aspects if they're great. I think it's very very. It would be a very, it would be a, I think people would enjoy that pick. I think people would be, would be it's a happy. good story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a, I think it's a good story. Now the thing is, here's my prediction. I think they're going to pick defense. That's my prediction. Now
2: that doesn't, I wouldn't make, be shocked.
0: Right. Cause that's what they do a lot. They do that a lot. That's what way. they do. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so that's my prediction. I mean, it's, it's very chalky, but it's, I think they should pick a quarterback. I think it would be a very good call, especially if Willis is available. I think that'd be a terrific investment. But just for whatever reason, I think they're going to pick defense. We'll we'll see. We'll find out tomorrow, won't we? So it interesting. To, to yeah, and I think if they
3: go defense, mm-hmm. I think they uh, would lead cornerback. Um, or, or, you know, they love to take these, these kind of hybrid guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, who could play safety, linebacker. Uh, I, I could see uh, Dax Hill... Um, the the Michigan slot corner slash safety guy, he seems like a you know the typical Steelers pick who, yeah. you know, you might not be excited by it, but he plays right away, and uh, so I, I could see him going there for sure.
0: Cool. All right. So Andy's uh, watch is on the call with us. So wh- who do you see the p- Patriots taking at twenty one?
3: Um, I think the Patriots go. Linebacker. Mm-hmm. Now they could go wide receiver. They still need a wide receiver, but uh, I, I think uh, you know Belichick doesn't scream taken like they took Nikhil Harry high a couple years ago, and you know kind of instantly regretted it. Um, I, I think they go linebacker, and I think they actually go Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia. Um, you know, kind of kind of off the board. Uh, it's not Devin Lloyd or uh, Nakobe Dean who. You know, people probably had higher to begin the you know, when the whole draft process began. But uh Quay Walker is a guy who's like 6'4, 230, runs like a 4'40, uh, you know, just like a, a freak of a linebacker. Um, and, and they need somebody to, you know, to to cover the uh, the running backs and, and the tight ends uh in the NFL and and stop Josh Allen. I mean, he's a – you put this guy as a uh uh, you know, as a mirror against Josh Allen, and, and you know that's a great tool for for Belichick to use. So, uh, Quay Walker from Georgia, I think, um, would be my guess. Uh, might be a little bit off the off the board, but I, I think that's uh, where I think they would go.
0: Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of ways that they can. Play that pick correctly, and I think that'd be a good way to go. Don't
3: they'll, they'll, they'll probably end up trading out of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the yeah. Patriots trade all their picks all the time, that's so, so,
0: you know, that's so true. It wouldn't
3: shock me if they traded traded the pick, but uh, <laughs> you know, they, they could go, yeah, they could go wide receiver and take one of those, you know, one of the wide receivers there because they certainly need it.
0: Yep, okay, so now to the uh, again, we don't have to go all the way to the, the end of the, the first round, but if you're looking at the Packers, I am actually very curious because where will the broad receiver depth be by that point, do they go that route? So you still,
3: you still have uh Drake London and Traylon Burks okay. and Jahan Dotson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, and, and, and again, like this is all speculation. I mean, London, uh, Drake London could be the first receiver off the board tomorrow right, and go, you know, number eight to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, you just never know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if he's there at the Packers selection, and I know they haven't taken a wide receiver in 20 years in the first round, but I don't see how you pass up um, a guy like Drake London. And, um, you know, he certainly would be the I – know, I know they signed Sammy Watkins, but outside of him, who, who, who do they have at receiver for, for Rodgers? Um, so I, I, I think, you know, they couldn't pass up Drake London. I think that would be a, a home run pick for Green Bay.
0: Cool. Yeah. And like you said, they need it. And I'm not, I'm not that impressed with Tanya and guys speaking of like. Well, yeah. And, and he, he got
3: hurt last year, right? Yeah. Like uh, he did. Didn't he blow out his ACL or something like that? Tore up his knee? I mean, that's, I mean, I,
0: I would confirm with John, but I believe you're right. Yes. Yes. So yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Tough spot. No, no doubt. Tough spot. But just, I'm just saying like when he was playing, he didn't scare me. I didn't,
3: I didn't think it was that good, but yeah. No, it's more Rodgers than, than anything exactly. else. And, and he certainly makes everybody look better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that's part of their thought process too, is, you know, why do we need a wide receiver when Rodgers can throw anybody open? Um, but you know, you certainly need to, uh, d- listen, it didn't help having Devontae or it didn't hurt. hurt Devontae Adams is right.
0: you know, definitely game a game changer and has been for a long yeah, time. absolutely. That's, that's I agree. So Speaking of which, Cardinals, they're going to be faced with some interesting decisions too. Where do they pick at 23? Uh,
3: I think they um, they go... I'm going to say they go uh, interior offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think they take uh, Trevor Linder, Lindenbaum, the uh, center from Iowa, um, who a lot of people had it in, in like the top 15 prospects uh, of the draft for a while. He's kind of seeing, like, his his stock slip a little bit because he's a little bit undersized, but uh, instant guy who will come in and start for, like, 10 years. Uh, and they, you know, maybe they, they view protecting Kyler Murray as, as the best investment they can make, even though they have holes on defense, and they take a kid like that.
0: Cool. Yeah, and, and that's definitely going to be helpful because Murray did look like he was improvising. Oh, he, was he was getting killed at the end of the right? year. Right, like... He absolutely yeah. was getting. It was just ridiculous. Like he needs help. Like he can't. He can't make plays if people are chasing after him all the time. Like he was out of the pocket all the time. Like it was ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Like yeah. the, the the last four or five weeks of the season, I mean, he was a different quarterback. Yeah. And it was mostly because they couldn't. They couldn't stop any of the pass rush. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. He was literally getting uh you know hit almost on every single, every single time he he stepped back to throw a pass. So. Yeah. Uh instantly changes the way a quarterback plays.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So to the twenty-fourth pick in the draft with the Dallas Cowboys, who do you have them picking?
3: They could go in a million different directions. Uh, because they, they lost a lot of like key people on defense. They lost an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, they uh they traded Amari Cooper. They could go anywhere. Um I think um I think they will be the spot where uh, Dax Hill from Michigan goes. Uh, someone who uh, you know kind of can play that hybrid, you know, corner safety position. Uh, they certainly need, for as good as uh, as uh, Trayvon Diggs was um, in terms of interceptions, they still got torched uh, time and time again in the secondary. So. Uh, They still need help back there, and uh, I I think he fits the mold of what they're trying to do in Dallas.
0: All right, so now let's continue. Let's move on to, let's see. Oh, the Bills. Interesting. Twenty fifth pick.
3: Yeah, this is a spot where if uh, if a running back was taken in the first round, I think it would be here. Um, But I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, They still need um, depth on the defensive line. Uh, I think this is a spot where Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle from Georgia, would make sense uh, and be good value at the pick.
0: Love the 16th actor, and it, it yeah, they definitely help on defense is big for the Bills here. I yeah. I think the bigger from at least maybe is I do think that their defense is okay. It's just that they're, they they need better coaching too because their co- their coordinators were terrible in the playoffs. But I think it's a good pick. Okay, to the Titans, 26.
3: The t- yeah, the Titans. Um, they, they might be a wild card to take a quarterback. Uh, you know, I I've read a you know a lot of different um, you know speculation that they might want to take somebody and have them sit behind Tannehill. But uh, to me, um, you know, I, I I think they go linebacker here. I think they go Devin Lloyd, the uh, linebacker from Utah. They uh, they've needed linebacker help for for a while, um, you know. So I, I I think Lloyd is a good pick. I could see them going receiver too, especially if they don't view themselves hanging on to AJ Brown long term. But uh, I'll say uh, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. All
0: right, sounds good. So now to the tight uh, to the
3: wait. Let me write this down.
0: <laughs> for, forgot to write it down. Um, okay, so <laughs> the now Buccaneers, right? yeah we're up to the bucks yeah correct so twenty
3: seven uh they yeah they certainly need help on the interior offensive line mm-hmm. um and so I'll say they go uh, Kenyon green the uh offensive guard from texas a m um you know definitely a uh uh an upgrade at the guys that they have uh at the guard position and you know it keeps uh um, you know, protection for, for Brady up, which is you know, that should be the number one goal.
0: Oh, the, all, yeah, absolutely. Because Brady's mo- ability to move is not all that, so yeah. Um, so the Packers have the 28th pick. Is this is this by a trade? I don't really see an indicator of it, but it looks like it is. Yeah, this is
3: part of the uh, the Devontae Adams. Okay. They, this was actually their original pick, they got 22 for Devontae Adams.
0: Oh, okay, so that was uh, the earlier pick. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So yeah, forward. so it,
3: it, if they take a wide receiver at twenty-two, I think you know it always seems like the the Packers are go are looking for a pass rusher, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and they certainly like to to take guys who um, you know they could develop and might not be um, you know as as high as other people are on them, but I think they would take uh, uh, Boye Mathé, the uh, edge rusher from Minnesota, who. Um, you know, I watched a lot of big 10 games this year. I've seen, I've seen Minnesota. He was a, a terror. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, in the quarterback, uh, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more love than he, than he has, uh, during this, this, this draft process, uh, cause he's a big kid tested really well at the combine. Um, so I think they would, they would definitely fit into what they're doing uh, and what they do on defense. So, uh, I could see them taking him and, uh, and having him as a situational pass rusher for a couple of years.
0: Sweet. Now to the Chiefs, who are the, the – no, let me – I spoke too soon. But the Chiefs have the 29th pick of the draft from the 49ers through the Dolphins.
3: Yeah, so they have they have uh, the next two picks, correct, the Chiefs? That's They're correct. back back-to-back. Yeah.
0: So yeah, 30 would be their natural pick, I believe, yeah.
3: So. Yeah, so you would think that they need a receiver to uh, to replace uh, – they, they lost – Tyreek Hill, you know, they traded him. Uh, they lost Byron Pringle. I don't even know who they're um, – well, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster, but, you know, you don't really want him to be your number one receiver. Uh, so, I think here, this is where uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas uh, would go and be a great fit. You know, they could use him in a, in a variety of ways. Um, instantly, they're their number one receiver if they got him. So, if they drafted him, and I think they need um, a cornerback on uh, defense, so I'll say uh, Kair Elam, the cornerback uh, from Florida, would make the most sense. Uh,
0: yeah, so, yeah, those are, those are the – you did them both at once. Super cool. Now to the final two picks, the two Super Bowl teams from last year. So let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals.
3: Uh, yeah, the Bengals need um, – yeah, I know they upgraded their offensive line or not. They could still use somebody in the middle. Uh, I don't think there's anybody high enough for them to take. Um, in this situation, I would think they would probably take the best available player. Um, and uh, and in that case, uh, I'll say that they take uh, they take a safety. I'll say they go uh, Lewis sign the uh, the safety from Georgia.
0: Okay, so the safety uh, Lewis sign, and that brings us to our final of our projected picks, which comes from the Lions because the Rams traded the pick away, yeah. as they love to do. They love to trade away their first round picks. So mm-hmm. the Lions have the 32nd pick in the draft, and uh, a lot of choices for them. Where do you see them going?
3: I think this would be the perfect spot for them to take a quarterback mm-hmm. uh, to sit behind golf. Um, and, and, you know, again, like their whole thing seems to be about culture and like hard work and stuff like that. So I don't know if they would take a guy like Coral who has some concerns. Uh, Sam Howell, know, I'm not high on. I don't, I don't think he's really fits what they're trying to do there. I think they – if they do take a quarterback, I think Desmond Ritter, um, the quarterback from Cincinnati, fits what they are all about there. And, uh, you know, he certainly is a winner um you know he seems like a great kid uh you know he's he's more of a game manager but i mean what quarterback in the nfl outside of the top five guys isn't now so uh i i would say it would be a good spot for them to get a quarterback at the end of the first round and, and have them be the uh the quarterback of the future
0: yeah and you're right about that i mean i don't think you, you can set the bar too high you can get you can't have too high an expectation for quarterbacks these days anyway. Like, I think there's yep. so few that can really make or break a game. So, uh, with that, that understanding, I think the Lions could improve themselves this way. And that concludes our mock draft. It was a really comprehensive one this year. Ron, thanks for your help in doing all those picks. That's really cool that you're able to... Yeah, man, I love it. Yeah, I dig it. Um, now, could you, could you go into the second round with, the, with your projections? How far did you go? Like, when you were doing the mocks at... Oh corner. yeah, I
3: mean I, I I would do uh I worked myself up to uh to do like four or five rounds. Oh, wow. um, oh my goodness. But you know, I'm 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 a nerd and get really no, into this cool. stuff. But Yeah, so uh yeah. but it, it gives me a reason to watch and I, yeah. I'm, I'll be invested the entire weekend in what's going on and you know, that's to cool. me that's uh uh, yeah, I was I was talking to somebody the other day. Like when I was a kid, um, you know, opening day in baseball was was almost like a holiday for, for me, mm-hmm.
2: uh, and it was a lot
3: bigger back then than you know what I what I think of it as now. You know, mo- mainly because like every team played like uh, opening day was opening day. Every team played. Now they like kind of space it out, and you know, uh, a couple years ago, I remember they were doing like the opening series in like Japan and stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, but back in the day, like, I mean, that was like such a, almost like a holiday for me as a kid, because, you know, it was like hope springs eternal. Like you, you, you know, that day your team could be the worst on paper, but you still had hope that they would be good. And it was almost like, uh, you know, like Christmas morning. Like I couldn't wait to, to see the Red Sox, um, you know, open up the season and see what they were going to do. And as I got older, it kind of got replaced that feeling got replaced with NFL draft because, You know, um, you know, the jets are awful all the time. Um, but on this day, you know, you, as a Jet fan, you have hope that they're going to pick somebody Mm -hmm. who will finally turn the franchise around. And, uh, and to me, that's part of the reason why, like, I love this stuff. Um, and I, and I hope one day, because I I think that, you know, with baseball, um, you know, seeing the Red Sox win multiple championships, probably, like, lessened my, uh, you know, desire, like, on opening day. Like, I've seen them win, you know, whatever the season's starting. So, I hope one day I I, I feel the same way about the Jets. Oh, right. Um, Yeah. You know, but who knows? But for right now, it's, like, that. tonight is, like, Christmas Eve to me (laughs) because, like, I can't wait for tomorrow to see who, like, they they pick. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the franchise gets turned around. And I'm sure there's other people like me. A of course. Similar situation yeah. with uh, franchises who are, you know, perpetual losers. Who you know they, they have that hope and uh, and you know I think that's a great part of of this whole you know event is is it it gives everybody a little bit of hope.
0: That's very. That's a great. That's a great sentiment, um, Ron. And it, it, there's a lot to that. I agree with you. I think it's really cool that it gives everybody enthusiasm and energy going into the season. And uh, it does work out sometimes, honestly. I guess we've seen it with some teams, you know. Back in the day, Michael Vick turned around to the Falcons. Back in the day,
3: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you know, even last year, like Matt Jones, Matt Jones, you know, you know, he not. I still don't think he's he's you know anything great, but I mean, he played better than um, you expected, especially you know in in light of, of Brady. Uh, winning the Super Bowl the year before, mm. um, so you know he gives that fan base you know hope going forward that yeah. you know they could um, you know still be the perennial winner. So I mean it's you know it, it's it's always interesting, and uh, you know uh, guys like us and Andy and John who watch college football, um, you know from August to January. Uh, and know most of these kids, it gives us, uh, you know, reason to be invested. Um, and, and we know the names, um, yep. you know, when we hear them, them pick. So it's, you know, it all ties together and it's, it's always interesting.
0: Absolutely. Ron, and we're so grateful to have your expertise to count on for these drafts. I trust you a lot more than the guys on ESPN these days. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're clowns. I mean, I know, right? there's so many guys doing like uh, the mock drafts and stuff now that, you really have to, you have to remember that like three quarters of them, they're just trying to get clicks and they're trying to like stand out amongst the crowd. So they'll throw these like, you know, crazy scenarios and, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of those guys are just, you know, Mel Kuyper hasn't been Mel Kuyper for the past like 20 years. Um, you know, a lot of those guys just, you know, they're, they're not interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I still like, I, I love Daniel Jeremiah on like the NFL Network, uh, you know, and I think that their, their draft coverage is like on the moon compared to ESPN, but mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's just me. I, I can't stand ESPN.
0: Yeah. They've been they're the worst these days. They're the worst. There's no doubt. Um, I don't even, it's tough to get. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to add to I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. So um, let's see. Andy, raise your hand. Would you like to jump on here and uh, and pit and, and chip in for some of this? Say, we'll say hello to you, my friend.
1: Yo, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have to re-listen to this because I've been texting with with Tommy and some of my Boston clowns about sports and stuff. But uh, I I'm, I meant to take Cliff notes for Ti. Cause I know tomorrow <laughs> Ei is going to be like, I don't want to listen to all this hey, Ron. Just tell me <laughs> who, the, who the giants are getting. It's like, I got to do the work and, and listen to the the show. I was waiting for you to mention the San Jose state tight end, Derek Deese, Jr., uh... but
3: maybe he didn't have a good combine. Um, He didn't. He's like, uh, he, he, I think, uh, he's like projected to go somewhere in like the sixth or seventh round. Uh, but Hey, that's, that's a kid who might get drafted and uh, give you a reason to root for him. Exactly.
1: I think it'll be, I think it'll be, you know, with the tight end position, it's, it's such, unless you're one of those premier top five tight ends, then you're just going to be like, you could be like a, uh, like a Zach Ebron, or uh, who's the guy that was on Detroit for a long time? You know, just one of those journeyman guys that you'll get maybe one game, you get like two catches and fifteen yards, and the next game you get, you know, two catches that equal two touchdowns, and then you're the the fantasy hero that Sunday, as we all know. But uh, no, the I was interested to hear your thoughts on the on the quarterbacks. I I actually uh, listened with one. Um, Dan Orlovsky was on with dog yesterday and he was talking about how uh, the Willits guy is probably his number one prospect. And he he was down on picket, not just for the hands, but he didn't think he had good mechanics. But when I'm watching Pitt, I'm, I'm not really watching mechanics to be honest. <laughs> and then Tommy's texting me. Cause I'm like, yeah, Dave and Ron are doing the show and he's like, He's like, is Anthony Brown like a, a prospect? And I was like, the, the BC Oregon guy. He's like, yeah. He's like, I read he's a pro prospect. I'm like, that guy is like no. the first version of Tyra Taylor. He's like, yeah, I think I got that mixed up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is he is he still playing college football?
1: I don't. No, know. he's gone. Like I googled he- it, and I he obviously performed at the combine, but I, I you I
3: don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he has a shot to get drafted at all probably not even signed as like a undrafted guy yeah it's it's interesting though because i
1: was interested to hear what you know if you go back to the august show that you you guys did and john Mm -hmm. did it was like yeah the baker mayfield clone at north carolina yeah in corral were like locks to be you know first round bonafide can't miss prospects and you know, they, they might have good futures in the NFL. I don't know about the North Carolina kid, but, you know, I, I, I'd like to see Corral perform in in the NFL. He, he's he's very loose, you know. He,
3: he, he, I think he's going to probably end up being the, the best quarterback, like, in a couple of years, just because he fits, like, what uh, what the NFL does now. He's, like, uh, you know, he improvises mm-hmm. and he has a good arm. But, um, I, I, think the, the thing that scares people with him is those stories about him, uh, getting into fights and who did he get into? He got into a fight with somebody's son. son. Yeah. Yeah. son at that private school. Yeah. And, and people like view that as like some huge knock against the kid. Uh, but he did almost get thrown out of, of old Miss before Kiffin got there. Um, you know, so he's, you know, who knows he could be a kid who ends up being, uh, like an all pro or he might be like out of the league playing in like the USFL in like three years, (laughs) you know, he just, I can't tell. Like, I don't know the inner workings of the guy, but he has the talent. I just don't know if he has the head to, to want to like work in the NFL. Yeah. I'll
1: be, I'll be watching. I'll try to watch as much as the, the actual draft tomorrow. Um, you know, it's a lot of time. Like, they, they, they yeah. really – they make it last as long as they can these days. I remember back in the, you know, late 90s or whatever, the draft had, would already have happened. I, I think it used to be, like, cup, like middle of April rather than the end of April. And it used to just be on, like, a Saturday and Sunday afternoon on ESPN. And they
3: just kind yeah. of – I remember that, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it would start at uh, 12 o'clock on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just go, like, the straight way. Tomorrow night is going to be uh, – I don't even think they start until, like – it doesn't come on until 8 o'clock, and they probably take, like, a half an hour to get to pick one, right? Because uh, Goodell will be on there. They'll have, like, some fucking, like, speech or something like that. So even, like, as a Jet fan, I'm probably not seeing, like, pick four until – like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at the earliest. Really? You know,
0: I guess that's yeah, right. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's right, yeah. If
3: you figure all the teams take their allotted 15 minutes, it's 45 minutes to get through the first three picks. That's
0: right. Uh, yeah.
3: So, you know, thinking maybe 9, 30, I'll see the chits. Uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy, but people watch it. Yeah. You know? It is yeah. crazy that we and, watch
0: this. It's just, it just, it just really, really break down what it is. It's like, that is crazy that we overall like, watching this on tv like it's just so funny like andy any thoughts on that scenario
1: well i'll just kind of pivot a little bit to that about how yeah the nfl is king and i, I actually meant to bring this up on the board either this week or next week and uch, UCH actually mentioned it that the nfl on christmas day and i uh, even if it didn't work out this way, because Christmas is on a Sunday this year, so there's going to be a ton of games on Saturday, which they always do when Christmas falls on a Sunday, and they'll play the majority of the games on that Saturday. Um, but they're gonna have three, they're gonna have three day, three games on Christmas Day, and the NBA is gonna have like their five games. And I was just thinking like. You know, I'll just be celebrating Christmas with, like, my immediate family or whatever. But, like, if you're, you know, in Ron's situation with, you know, wife, kids, and, you know, extended family or whatever. Like, if you live on the West Coast, especially, too, like, you got games that start at 9 a.m. Like, you better get your Santa stuff. (laughs) It's almost almost too much. Like, because, and I, like, we consume sports too much obviously but cuz we're maniacs but like three NFL games and like obviously we want to watch like the premier NBA games too it's like you're really you're killing christmas you're killing christmas
3: yeah and, and they're they're trying to do a, a black friday game this year too but they have to because of like their uh, whatever their unwritten rules are whatever with high school and college they're trying to find, like, a window to actually get – they're, like, not allowed to, to, to air a game in prime time on a Friday before, like, December. So they're going to, like, start a game at, like, some weird-ass time, like 4.15 on, on Black Friday just to get a game in. That's too it's much. Crazy. We, like
1: – that's also a good college football weekend. It's too. a great college
3: football day, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's – you know, there's a method – there's they can obviously justify it and it's just when is enough well i mean there's never too much but it's like really it's it's a little obnoxious but we're come christmas day
3: yeah i'll be watching
1: i'll be into it
3: It, i think it it gives uh, my brother more reasons to like create fan duels so (laughs) (laughs) right right
1: hopefully by then washington will have a have fan duel capabilities and Get in on oh, that'd be stuff. big time. Yeah, and just, uh, yeah, when you mentioned the USC receiver, yeah, I'll be interested to see how he does in the NFL too because, as you mentioned, he had, you know, just the way USC was uh sending out quarterbacks, you know, yeah. right the last couple of years. You know, it's not like he had a consistent
3: you know, signal caller to. No, to he had a- to. Every every quarterback that he had is on a different team now. Yeah. Right? Because that kid, uh, where'd that kid Dark go, Dave? Oh, that's right. Dark
1: followed, Dark yeah. went to, did Dark go to Ole Miss?
3: He did. Yeah, he might have. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Slo- Slovis is uh, at Pittsburgh now.
0: Let's go see. Yeah, definitely Slovis is out. I remember that. Um, yeah, and Dart he's left.
1: Dart, he's at Ole Miss now.
3: Wow! Wow! That's wow. a good pickup for Kiffin. Yeah.
1: Good yeah, fun. those uh, those egg bowls are gonna be fun as long as Leach and Kiffin stay there.
3: Okay, so Kiffin is like is driving around recruits because he can do it now. He's driving around recruits in uh, in like uh, Rolls Royces and uh, the stretch limos, and because it's all you know, it's all legal now with the 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 NILs and NILs. shit like that. Yeah. So he's, I mean, I love that guy. I hated him for a long time, but, I mean, he's good for for college football. He's good
0: for college football, yeah. I do find him still a little tough to take, but but good for him. He is tough to take, yeah. Good on him, though. But, you know, what's amazing is that I'm surprised he's still there. I thought by now he'd be somewhere else. Like, you always are sure, oh, yeah, he'll just run away from them, run out on them, and leave and go to some other program or something. But, uh, he's still there. What can you tell What can I say? I I
3: don't know where else there is to go for him unless he, uh, Unless he goes back to the NFL. You know, I think he has just a good a, a chance to win at Old Miss than he does at, like, say, a Texas or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was probably thinking NFL, like he, you could probably jump on one of these struggling franchises and try to make them a little better, but... I mean, good good for him. Like i i I figure he's got another year or so, and he probably will go take an NFL job somewhere and make more money.
3: And yeah, um, he's he's either gonna win a title there, or he's gonna flame out and yeah. get arrested for something. And you yeah. make
0: the call on that. Where do where do you see him go? What, how do you see that ending for Lane Kiffin?
1: Oh, I I, oh, I don't know if you asked the wrong with me for well, Kiffin. I I don't know. I it, whatever. It's not gonna be boring. Oh no, <laughs>
0: yeah. that is the truth. Yeah, I love that.
1: I will say this about the Seahawks, and I think, like, I was asking my buddies, i like, Do you, are they punting the season? Are they punting the season, but not admitting they're punting the season, or what? And the consensus is that they're they're going to punt the season without admitting that they're punting the season. And I think they might be in for not just one lean year, but maybe a couple. Like yeah. Benson agency mentioned. uh asset allocation and I think they might just they're they're nondescript right now like they need they need offensive line help they need defensive tackle help they need uh, you know Geno Smith can be a band-aid for like a year Drew Locke can be a band-aid for a year but you know they you know I don't they're gonna be nondescript for I think for at least a couple of years. And, you know, the division is still pretty, you know, you got the Rams there, you know, who knows what the Cardinals are going to be with their, you know, up and down situation with their quarterback and their overall happiness with Kingsbury and Murray, but, you know, never count out San Francisco, regardless of Debo. I think, I still think Shanahan's a great coach. And yeah, I think that division is going to run through LA for at least the next couple of years. I, I know at some point LA is going to have their financial problems, and they don't have you know a ton of draft picks coming yeah. up. They've mortgaged everything for the mo- the previous season, their Super Bowl run. So
0: they knew what they were doing, though. That this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted to get their Super Bowl out of this, and then they would just they'll just they'll they'll deal with it. <laughs> And this is the deal with it part now. Two, uh, we mentioned it the you know early in the show. Two linemen retired on their offensive line, and they're going to need some help downfield too, as far as their defensive secondary. So they're going to have some problems in the next couple of years. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But
1: I think AFC East going to be real exciting. Yes. Like You know Buffalo, we well documented. You mm-hmm. know the Jets have some potential. Obviously, Miami, they're kind of. I don't know if what you call it grasping at straws or whatever, but they're they're trying to just kind of inject as much excitement as as they can, especially with that that young coach and obviously Tyreek Hill. And this is a make or break year, in my opinion, I think for uh whatchamacallit, Tua to Tua. Yeah. And then yeah, sorry, us, but New England, who knows what that is. <laughs> you know, with Mac Jones taking year two. And yeah, Benson. Or agency, Ron. Great call on Belichick. Like, just because the Patriots might have a glaring need, like Belichick might not always a when he when everyone thinks he's going to zig, he he might zag. You know, like so they yeah. might need linebacker, but he might not get that linebacker till like the fourth round or whatever.
3: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if if he trades if he trades out of the first round. I, I actually would probably put good money if there's like a you know. If that's an option in in Vegas, them trading out of that pick, I would put money on that.
0: Wow!
1: And
3: are there any Rutgers? Any how's the Rutgers
1: secondary? Yeah.
3: No, no, but there's a, a Rutgers receiver, Bo Melton. He's gonna go in like the probably like the third or fourth round. Guarantee he gets picked by the Patriots. He loves those those Rutgers guys.
1: yeah, hundred
3: percent. Because his son, his son played lacrosse there. And he's friends with Bon Jovi, so they, they <laughs> hang out there at the games. True story. Love it, love it.
0: New Jersey through and through. All right, let's put a button, <laughs> let's put a button, <laughs> let's put a button on it tonight, everybody. Um, I'll give it to you for final thoughts. Uh, Andy, I'll give it to you first.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, you guys had mentioned that you're looking forward, like, you guys were more into the NCAA tournament, and I was gonna say, I'm. I mean, I'm never going to be captain's level with baseball, but this year, I know the Red Sox are really boring too. Um, yeah, I was going to say, but last year, like Garrett Richards and uh, Perez were both like they probably both like had like 25 starts between the two of them, and now they're both pitching for Texas. Like, I don't know how they it make it makes last year even more surprising how far they went, you know, to be in, in beating beating Tampa in the, in, in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. And I think this year, I know it's early and they won tonight, but uh, I don't know. The jury's still out with them. I, you know, they got to get sale back. I don't know what their bullpen has some glaring deficiencies, but it, overall with baseball, like I'm, I'm into it. Like I'm not playing fantasy, but I'm playing, you know, I'm gambling on it and there's, you know, last year, even though it was 162 games, I, in the beginning of the year, you know, they had a lot of restrictions, you know, only 10,000 fans or, you know, every every stadium had different rules depending on what state it was. This year, you know, there's no restrictions. People are going to the ballparks, and it was – at this point, no one really cares how close they were to, like, not having a season with the lockout or whatever. Oh, the players are greedy. The owners are greedy. Does anyone care about that anymore? No. They're playing every day, and, uh, you know, I'm into the baseball. Call me a clown, but I'm into the baseball. I'm looking forward to the hockey playoffs. NBA playoffs have been, you know, pretty good, and and summer's coming. So there's good things on the horizon. (laughs)
0: It's good to hear you do the baseball. I wasn't sure based on the the fuck modern baseball rants I was seeing over. Well,
1: that too? I mean, <laughs> fuck modern baseball, but I mean, at least we at least it's on. It's, it's I know Mike is. We make fun of Mike. Yeah. But it is a companion sport. Like it's long. Yeah, right. It's with us from, you know, the bowels of early spring till you know when the weather turns the other way. You know, summer into fall.
0: True story. Okay, good. That's well nice, nicely put, Andy. And uh, on to Ron. I did get a question from Parcells, so maybe ta- if you'd like to tackle this uh, with your final thoughts as well. Um, yeah, shoot. Sure. Does Ron see a scenario where the Giants don't go OT at 5 or 7? Could they go mm-hmm. Sauce or Stingley, the next best pass rusher?
3: I, I think if, if one of the pass rushers uh, falls, like uh... – Uh, Hutchinson or or Trayvon Walker you know it's I mean nobody knows what what order the people are going to go in tomorrow night Um, but if one of them fall yeah I could see the Giants because they have the luxury of taking an offense tackle at seven so Mm -hmm. yeah I could definitely see them uh, grabbing defense first it it, like I said it really doesn't matter with the Giants they need uh, an upgrade at every position yeah Yeah.
0: yep all right so final thoughts
3: yeah I, I mean yeah, I I can't wait till uh tomorrow night and uh hopefully, you know, the, the Jets get somebody good and uh, gives me a reason to get excited for the uh for the season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a good time to be a sports fan cuz like Andy said, I mean, baseball's rolling. Um NHL is is getting into the playoffs. Uh you know, NBA playoffs are going, so it, it's yeah, it's a good time to be a fan and uh, you know uh i got no complaints here you know cool. it's a it's a good time and i'm looking forward to it
0: well ron this has been a blast it was nice hanging out with you again and andy same for you as well have a great rest of your weekend uh, and enjoy the draft tomorrow it should be fun all
1: right
3: yeah you too thanks dave you bet.
1: take care everybody good job tonight ron
3: yeah. thank you Talk take care you. andy
1: Thank you. all right thank see you me. later
0: take
3: care Pretty good.
0: bye everybody all right well that's our show tonight that was ron that's andy and uh, I'm Dave. It was really fun. Thank you very much for, for being part of it, everybody. Uh, we've had a lot of people tuning in tonight, and uh, I want to thank you all for your participation, and thanks for the questions as well in the chat. So uh, we'll take next week off. I don't really know unless we want to do a Tuesday show. We'll, we'll get back to you on that. But I believe we'll be off next week, and then um, but enjoy the draft and enjoy the remainder of the um, the NBA playoffs and then the Stanley Cup playoffs, which would probably start any day now. So a lot of juice as far as that's concerned um it, it, with the hockey as well, so with that we say good night we will let you know what happens with Debo Samuel I think there's going to be some action on him by the time we come back on the air one way or the other so uh, take care for now everybody we hope uh, again if you miss any part of it you can catch the replay here on youtube youtube.com/ Dickcalw or go to dicalw.com and we'll catch a replay there this has been the Dickcalw football show we hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.